0: Before the next episode of XJob Downloaded starts, I have a big favour to ask. If you've enjoyed any of our episodes so far, please can you click on the follow button on your platform. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and YouTube. It costs nothing to follow, but makes a real difference to me as a podcast producer. Thank you. Today, we're going to interview Alan Nevershed. Now, Ellen is a 81 year old former chief superintendent who worked for the Metropolitan Police. Served them well. You must be in the 30 30 club now, aren't you, Alan?
1: Not quite, because I did 34 years. Oh. So uh, I've got two years to go.
0: But you've done thir- 30 year You did 30 years. I did 30 years. So you've got a couple of years to go before you get to your, your 30 years retirement?
1: Yeah. How lovely.
0: What a lovely position to be in.
1: I think it's fantastic. I think I'm very lucky. I was probably one of the last generation on the two-thirds final salary. And I reached the Chief Superintendent rank. And I'm very grateful. And where did it all begin then? Where did did Alan Evershed, where were you born? I was actually born in 1941 in Norwich. Norwich? Yeah, well, my mum thought it would be best to have me... Away from the bombs in London, it took me years to realise she actually took us nearer to the bomb, to the to German air force because well yeah it
0: just came straight across the east yeah.
1: But my granddad came. And she told me later my granddad visited us and says best you come home and he took us in. And, wow. And uh, yeah, it's the war. You don't you know look, you can't help who you're born to where you're born. You can't you can't no. help it. And I was born in the war and so. I can't remember much about it. I can remember what it called a Morrison shelter, which I think was after a politician called Herbert Morris. I might be wrong, which was a sheet of metal went across your dining room table with sort of curtains of, of metal and, a, and you hid under there. And I remember that. The other one, the most famous one, is the Anderson shelter. Yeah. But we were posh enough to have that. And after the war, my early memories is living in a prefab. Yeah, everyone knows what about prefab. Yeah,
0: well, you say everyone, but not n- not everyone listening to this will understand because as luck would have it, we've got people all over the world that listen to this. <laughs> luck yeah,
1: have. We <laughs> well, a prefab was a prefabricated house. Yes, and it, the great thing about uh, two bedrooms, and it had a fitted, fully fitted kitchen. I mean, that's unheard of in 1946 to ordinary people. Yeah, And inside toilet. I mean, unheard of. And we lived there for a time. My memory about that was the winter of 1947, which was really really bad and my mum and I went for a walk in the snow after dark with a pram my sister had been born by then she wasn't in it and she stole some, some coal you know no way she did I thought afterwards a long time I was, do you know what the night watchman we knew that was going on because we were all poor yeah and as long as you didn't take liberties, I'm sure. Was. was that from a coal yard? I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's funny because when I joined the police, we had coal yards, and yep. just said they're,
1: they're gone, they're gone. I Nobody mean, knows what we talking about. No. I remember. I also remember just after the war, just after we were in the pre there was an Italian prisoner of war camp near us, and it was still there. And what I remember about them was they gave us kids' sweets. And where was that? Where, it was in Harrow. Oh, sorry, it was in Harrow. Harrow, which was Middlesex. It was its own. County. Well, that's changed, over. But it was now. yeah, 1965. It becomes swallowed up by by London, Greater London, and uh, so it's now the borough of Harrow. Uh, but then, but then the thing happened when I was ten. They um, a big discussion with the headmistress and my mum whether I should sit what they called eleven plus. Yeah, I was only ten.
0: So this is in 1951. One, yeah, 1951.
1: And what I remember about that is sitting the exam and halfway through. The teacher said, children, please stop. The king is dead. I vividly remember that. February 1952. Yeah, because you think, that's a big deal. That's huge.
0: And And you're taking your 11 plus on that?
1: You're supposed to ask me. Were you taking your 11 plus? No. Did I pass? Well, yeah, did you pass? Oh, yes. (laughs) And I went to this thing called a grammar school. Orange Hill Grammar School. How funny! And um, <laughs> I remember about that. It was it was A string, B string. Well, of course, i and was where at, were you then? I oh, went the B string. Oh. oh, I was like Mill Millwall, not going to win much. But I was there, <laughs> and uh, I was sometimes I smile at myself because they talk about these Mister Chips and his inspired teachers. There's 40 kids. There's 60, 60 kids, and I'm 45th. But I always come to top three at history. Now we're supposed to have a Mr. Cripps who takes under his wing. No, of course not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I took the GCs. I passed five, and then you started talking about what are you going to do? And the uh, the, the, the lady, she was an art teacher who did sort of what are you going to do next? What yeah, are they, uh, career uh, teacher. Career. Yeah. She said, "Now you're tall. You thought of the police." Well, of course I hadn't. I was brought up in a council estate. And not, uh, you know, in a council estate, unusual a council estate, a nice three-bedroom, semi detached everyone went to work. Yeah. You know, it was just totally different. And you, you don't think of the police. Oh, sorry you don't. But I thought, well, that's a good idea. Right, yeah. And I remember going to uh, Borough High Street, which is in London, where the recruitment centre was. And what I remember is a recruiting sergeant said, you've got, you've got five O-levels English and maths you don't have to take the exam, son. So that's the first time I really thought, oh, this grammar school thing's not a bad thing, is it? And I become a police cadet. So you are
0: 15, 16? No,
1: 16. 15. I actually was in training school on my 17th birthday. And where was training school then? Hendon. In Hendon. I loved it because there's a lot of Scotsmen in this. They, they came down in their droves. They still do, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think they're great people. By the way, I think they're great people to work with. But... It, on the Friday everyone we went home well, I got the tube to Edgeware and walked
0: <laughs>
1: and I so I was going out the country yeah I took the tube two stops Edgeware and walked Jobs are was good one. yeah it was good yeah it was it was really good
0: 17 uh, years old so we're now talking 1958
1: 58 58 yeah no, we well, had yeah, junior cadets and senior cadets and frankly it, it was kind of an apprentice I understand that but I don't think I really knew what to do with this no, so, I'm
0: sure they didn't. Yeah, the, but, what did they do with you, though? I mean, you, you're you're 17 years old. You're now a, a cadet um, yeah. in the Metropolitan Police, so you're part of. And the cadet system was completely different to what it is now.
1: Well, there was two systems. This was a that started in the late, in the, well, about 54, I think, but 61, well, they made a cadet corps, and it oh, okay. was much more structured. So I was in the clerk's office and uh, in the front office and in the magistrate's court where you got the, you got the cheese sandwiches for the prisoners and that's about it. And that's where you learn things, I think, because I, I remember a PC saying, would you like to go for a walk son?" I said, I'd love to. And we went. It was a it must have been a general election in 1959. He took us around all the polling booths and I thought it was fantastic I didn't know British (laughs) British (laughs) democracy were like that wherever we went, we had a cup of tea you see and it was great but his name was Ralph Owers and I've never forgotten his name because he was kind
0: yeah you know but you you have got uh, and I will say this you have got a brilliant brain for uh, dates and everything else and we'll come on to that later Mm. on so you're a cadet yep What, where was your first posting as a regular officer? Oh, how, that, how did that work let me finish with the cadets. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: please do. Because I went to Harrow Police Station. Right. And I it was at Victoria. I overlooked the playing fields of Harrow. Is it still there? Uh, no, of course not. Oh, no, anyway, <laughs> I used to watch the cricket. These boys played cricket. And direct traffic and all that sort of thing. Not direct traffic. School, oh, quite Harrow School? School crossing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. They posted me at Wildstone Police Station once. And I, I knew my granddad and grandma lived near there because we live every time. I thought, when I got bored, I looked up the charge sheet and there he was, my granddad. <laughs> drunk and diss, drunk, dish drunk. I knew I liked him. He taught me to, he taught me to play cribbage. you know. I mean, he's a good man. Oh. But it did make me smile to think, oh boy, <laughs> that's what he thought know, about me joining the police. I, don't
0: but, know. I mean, let's put that into perspective. Your grandfather... At that time, would have been in his seventies. Oh well, he
1: died. No, he died young actually, so he wasn't alive. Right. Okay. But he um, he was a street trader, where his stock mysteriously burnt to the ground. Oh, yes, I know. And he had to move, and he moved and become a builder, and they built these council estates. Basically, that's how he started.
0: So, but he would have been born during the reign of Queen Victoria. Oh
1: yes. Oh yes, he was. But you know what? I don't care. The modern thing is you mustn't stereotype. I was only six or seven. I knew he liked me. Yeah. And, and, and he taught me cribbage. I mean, come on. What more can you want in life? One, one for his knob. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, I, became, I became a PC and he sent me to Albany Street. So did you have to go back and do oh, yeah, training, training yeah, again? Yeah, well, I, 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 they trained us as senior cadets. And bearing in mind, a PC by the way, in that time, was on uh, £8 a week, no, £9 a week, well, week, and £11 a week for next week because you had to work your, your days off. And they gave a bit more. We cadets were on £4.10 a week plus 25 pence for luncheon vouchers. So they trained us cheap, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. They trained us as senior cadets, and, and then three months later, they off I went to um, to Albany Street which if you don't know London is um, really that area around Euston and, uh, and Camden Town yeah. and at one beat was Regent's Park or half of it so it was a really working class it's a good place to be and um,
0: you didn't have the big townhouses then, Regent's Park no. and all that. You, you well, know. you
1: did because they were built by. I found out later, of course. They were built in the reign of George IV. Mean, they, they, they were fantastic. I mean, yeah. to walk around there was lovely, but nothing ever happened no. there. I mean, it was good fun. Oh, it did happen once. I was walking around there on night duty. Now, bear in mind, you walked the beat, okay? You didn't have radios. No, you didn't. You. You didn't have mobile phones, of course. definitely So the way they contacted you was what they they call a the tardis now, don't they, from Doctor Who? Yeah. And in there, you, there was a bench and, and a, a stool and a phone that you could use, and the public could from the outside. And when they wanted you, they flashed the light at the top.
0: Is that right? They could flash actually. Flash oh yeah, it yeah.
1: You had to make a decision then. I mean, if it was ten to two and you're off at two, you might not see it.
0: Because you didn't get paid overtime then. Uh,
1: you did, but right. how they paid you was they put time on your card. Right, okay. Okay, so it accumulated. After three months, they paid you. But believe me, when it got to two months and two weeks, the sergeant would say, you want four hours' time off today, don't you, son? <laughs> do I? Yes, you should certainly do.
0: <laughs> and that's there's your
1: overtime. That's gone. your overtime. Yeah, that's right. You didn't get it. So it was were just different days, and it's, it's – she so did what be- did happen then? You, you're saying something did happen. Oh, uh, well, the thing is, you've got no radio. So I was walking around this beat once on night duty. It the summer, it was about... I come out of the police station, I around there. And it's about quarter past ten, uh, half past ten, and I hear giggling from inside the park, which, by the way, is locked up at dusk. I looked in there. There was half a dozen women in there. And they came towards me and said, What are you doing? And uh, it turned out to be a Russian trade delegation, really? the wives of, mm-hmm. in the era of Yuri Gargarin, who went in here. Yeah. And I said, how did you do that? And, and the interpreter got locked in. So I've got a decision to make. Do I ignore them? Of course not. Do I walk back to the police station, which is a mile away, or do I help them over the railings? <laughs> so I helped them over the railings. And I have to say it was... We were all laughing, because these, to me, they're middle-aged ladies, and I'm yeah. 19 or 20, and they're Russian. I've never spoken, never heard of a Russian before. No. And they were laughing and giggling like, well, what you'd expect. And they gave me some plastic Yuri Gagarin things, you know. Brilliant. And off they went. It took me ages to thought, well, I think I've got 10 minutes in. Now, should I report that to Special Branch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made a decision. They were genuinely got locked in, and that interpreter was hugely embarrassed. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I don't think they'd have got over those railings without me.
0: Well, to be, to you, be, you've always been a night in shining <laughs> No, now, I'm not
1: right? a knight in shining <laughs> armor <home> at all. <laughs> well, I'm, the thing is, yeah, I've never taken myself too seriously. And that, to me, was funny. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny. And that's the sort of thing that can happen to you, you know. And and, and people go about this golden age of walk, PC walking the beat. I'm not sure it was, Paul, to be honest, because you had beats to walk. And you had a beat book. And I remember one of the beats said, it was a beat in Camden Town. It said, Monday Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, you walk up on the east side of Albany Street. No, no, no. On Tuesdays and Saturday, didn't mention Sunday, you walked on the west side. And it also said in the instruction book, you mustn't idle and gossip with members of the public. So, it, you know, that's not perfect, actually. No, it's not, because where it's do you not. get your information well, from? Well, of course, but they, they didn't think like that. But so you, you had that beat and you walked it. Oh, you had some patrols as well. You had a patrol a whole length of Camden High Street, and you had a patrol the whole length of what parkways called Parkway, which is not a big street, and you walked them for your eight hours. And of course, Camden's changed that recognition now. Yeah, I, I went up there quite recently, and it's, it's not Irish anymore. No, no, and it, it
0: was very it was it was very Irish,
1: Irish by the way, very Irish, and. Um,
0: Dublin Castle, yeah, the, yeah, yes, I've been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. Bet
1: people singing there, you know. Yeah, they do. Yes, I some know. good bands in there. They
0: do, yeah, yeah, I bet they do.
1: Yeah. But we went for, no, we went to another pub called the Stag or something, almost opposite. And it's just look, it's a different age, okay. You got people don't understand. If I went, when I went on on the beat, first of all, I went on on, on parade, and you show your whistle, the stick and your pocketbook and the inspector will inspect you, make sure your shoes are shined, and off you went, okay? The only way he could get in touch with you was by that light there on, on and you had to ring from there every couple of hours to show you're still alive, basically. Yeah. So you were very much in charge of what you did. There's no question of it. You know, I always think, and well, I haven't always thought, but in the police, there's only a few ranks worth having. One is definitely the top man or woman. Secondly, the superintendent or the equivalent who runs the police station. Yeah. Third, the inspector that runs the relief. Yeah. And fourth, the PC walks a bit and you don't know what he's doing. He's out there doing things. Yeah. And I've, it's not worth having, I think, but the sergeant, of course, is the most important because he makes it run day to day. Yeah. And if you don't trust your sergeant, as so a governor...
0: And he smooths, he smooths the
1: passage oh, he does, between, uh, yeah. between he, he, the PCs he, he, and the government. Oh, and, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. But that's, that, that's how it was. And, and I'll give you an illustration of how it was different, okay? So if you would arrested a, an Irishman there, you never charged them with assaulting you if they threw a punch at you because it was only going to be a punch and he's drunk. Because in the morning, I he would say, sorry, yeah. And plead and, and he pleaded guilty. Because you went to court with that that prisoner a drunk. You went there in the morning. Is that right? So you'd stay on duty. No, no, you went off at six and come back at nine. Brutal. Oh. And I and I remember my first arrest, and he was lying flat out, absolutely drunk. He was wearing a suit and he had money. And we went to court, he pleaded guilty, and as we left, he said, Do You fancy your point. <laughs> I saw a loved love one and he thanked me because he really was out of the world and I had a stomach ache I remember and he said well you alright I said I've stomach aches he said i better get you a brandy <laughs> and then I had my appendix out that night so wow. he, yeah, and he told me to go and see a doctor and he
0: Different, different era. Yeah, and, and yeah I no, I, it, I, I'm, not,
1: I'm not knocking. No, I'm not knocking to the i really not. And the other lovely story I love telling. I took this drunk to a police box, so I'm ringing for the van, and I hear the telephonist say, "Van driver," and I said, "Is he playing Stuka?" And he said, "Yes." And the prisoner said, "What balls!" He <laughs> What ball's he on? Pink. Oh, thank God for that, he said. he won't be long then. Uh-huh. Because we all knew the van driver wasn't going to leave until he'd finished. Finish his game. Especially if he's on the pink. <laughs> and you could, you could have, uh, I don't know, it's a bad word now. I can't use it, can you? You can have that kind of banter. You, 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 you could and you had to because yeah. there's no cavalry coming.
0: But you need that. Oh, you, you still need, need that banter. I'm sorry, and I and I. It's not a job I'd want to join today. And I think it's commendable that people still want to join so the do police I. service. Um, they're not supported by senior politicians, whatever whatever party it may be. They're certainly not supported by the, the mayor of London. Um, I will say that. You, I'm not going to ask you to comment. Um, but I think they've they've got the poison chalice. But you need to have banter, because if you trust the people around you, that trust is built around banter and camaraderie.
1: Well, Paul, the thing is, things don't change. If there's any benefit of the doubt, the police aren't going to get it. And that's from Tommy Memorial. And I think it's because we are civilised, and we don't really think we should have a police. But the truth is, we need them.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So therefore, we're a bit resentful of them before they start. Yeah, That's just my theory, un- I, I
0: unnecessarily know. as well, because they do they do a sterling job. Oh, and come since on. you know, since the first bobbies were walking the beat, the Bow Street Runners, they've done a sterling job. And yes, there are there've been bad people, of course, it? but but the police service reflects society, and society has more bad people than the police do. Oh, of course it does.
1: You know, it's been said by many people, but it's true. When things are going bad. The police run towards the danger, not away from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, and it doesn't—it doesn't matter. I remember going to an armed incident, armed incident before, when the guns were locked in the police station. God sake. And I, an armed incident, I said, "When the canteen, any, any firearms officers here?" And this detective sergeant, whoever he viewed with some suspicion, said, "Yeah, I am.
0: And he gave him his revolver and sent him on his
1: uh, way. Uh, 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 he didn't have to. No. He really didn't have to because I had no idea he was an authorised firearms officer. Turned out had been on flying squad. And I'd forgotten about that. Mm. So He didn't have to. He could just—that's it. Yeah, people regard him suspicion. It was the early seventies. Yeah. I just think when I wanted you, mate, you were, you were there. there. You were absolutely there. And I
0: think they still have that. So you're—you're
1: you're at Albany Street. Where do you go to from Albany Street? Well, I. Uh, Well, I went, um, I I got a job at Area Headquarters once, because believe it or not, they taught us as cadets to touch type on flight So I was good on what is called a teleprinter. Yeah. And uh, a guy in Area Headquarters, I didn't know we had Area Headquarters, he had one of the very first pigs' valves transplant in his heart, this PC. Wow. And they said to me, you're good on it, would you like to go there for three months while I recover? Certainly, I said. And when I get there, it's 1966, and it's about three months away from the World Cup. And as a result of that, here I am, a radio operator at the World Cup. Radio operator? It was an army thing on your back. But in those days, when the, after 10 minutes of the game, you walked in, you walked around the pitch. You took your arm off and you sat on the touchline and watched the whole game. Until-
0: so, so let me get this right. This is April April 1966. England have qualified for the World okay. Cup then. The, the, the finest football team ever to, to grace the field. You know, West Ham United all the, all the way. Um, and Alan Evershed is now 25. Yeah, what's the game? 25 and they've trusted you with the communications yeah. for the entire so how many games did you actually see huh? well, I
1: saw all of them all the games at, at Wembley
0: all the games there was at Wembley. one
1: game that was at White, Hart, at White City and this amused me the reason it was at White City was because the Greyhound Association refused to cancel their Greyhound meeting at Wembley oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe it can you fantastic and I, and, I, and I saw it and I think you see I thought we'd win again so it didn't really matter I also saw, by the way, as a PC, Cassius Clay versus Henry Cooper. I was put on duty there, and I was directing traffic five miles from the stadium. Oh, God, poor man! the <laughs> run. This little police van drives up, this sergeant I never saw before or again. Jump in, lad. I need more security at the stadium. And then we marches in there, and we're the gods, really, if the truth be known. But when Henry Cooper knocked Cassius Clay down, let me tell you something. You didn't have to see it to know it was an English (laughs) rule. We knew it was Henry. And I thought, God damn, how lucky was that? It took me years to work out a crafty crafty sergeant well, of course, he wanted to get in the, He wanted to watch the fight, didn't he? Of course, he? he did. Well, I didn't realize that at the time. I was young. Oh, and
0: naive. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to the World Cup, Governor. So, <laughs> we're at the 1966 World Cup, and who did we, we played Portugal during the, the, the run? Yeah,
1: we, we, I think it was 1 0 2 0, and you so you you a fantastic player, but he didn't get in the game. The players I remember for a whole thing were, were definitely Bobby Chong. Jimmy Greaves, very unlucky. There was no substitutes. I mean, listen.
0: He was a local man when he when he passed away. He lived locally. I you? know,
1: I oh, know, I know. Jimmy Greaves. Look, I played a lot of football. I was a hulking centre half. That's all I could do. I my mean, knees are still good. Why? So I never turned on the ball. If the, if if I was facing my own goal, I kicked it for a corner. It's as simple as that. <laughs> that man. i watched lots of strikers. That man was special. And no one of them can tell you why they go where they do. They just do it. And I just, and I loved I played football till my 60s. I played every police station I was at. My first police station, I went there with a a man called Tony Carroll, who played for London School Boys at Hampton Park, right? And we played. He was cast robbers all. He used to say silly things to me. At my feet, Alan. For God's sake. (laughs) put it on his head he could control it <laughs> he never became a pro because you don't know this I don't think £20 a week was the maximum yeah and £12 in the close season yeah we get an average of £10 a week as PCs why would you want to go and play football no and by the way um, pretty certain he got it in his boot anyway when he played for his amateur side. yeah of course he did and um, by the age of 29 he was finished his knees had gone really and I remember when I was Playing for the SBG, who were a team not renowned for their fin- finesse, to be honest with you. And I was about 37, 38. And to- this bloke, Tony Carroll, he refereed us. And I did a slightly late tackle, to be honest. And he ran alongside me, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, That one's for old time's sake, so okay, Carol, no more. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, he's- your, you knew I was and so the, So you're at the World Cup final. Yeah, what yeah. was
0: that like? You've got, I mean, look, patriotism, and I'm I'm a patriot. You know, I'm a nothingist when it comes to um, everything else, but I'm a I'm a red, white, and blue patriot. I Ooh. absolutely Ooh. and I love my football and I love England football. And I have, you know, there's a, there's an irony that we're doing this today because obviously we're through to the next round of the World Cup. Yeah. July the 30th, 1966, what was the atmosphere like in Wembley Stadium? You are 26 years old. You've got the communication centre on your back. You've got all these old boys that have travelled in from all over the UK. Probably most of them were Londoners because they probably didn't get the opportunity to get tickets from everywhere else. What was that that like, the sights and the sounds?
1: People say, uh, they always write on it, it was electric. It was. I got a sense there were a pc and the people behind me and uh, you know there was i remember there was no hassle there was no fighting we wanted England to win and it was great yeah and it was you know i don't know it's, it's very difficult because I later on in my career did, dealt with crowd hooligans at various places there was none at Wembley that none. day no, none at all i mean any bit of like, the only bit of emotion I got was when I spoke to a Portuguese fellow after we'd beaten Portugal and he spat in desperation because he was so upset. <laughs> but he wasn't spitting at me. He just no, couldn't he could not take it personally. He couldn't believe that we had won. And I was there when Ratting, the Argentinian captain, the rascal, he spat at Nobby Stiles. Now... I could have arrested him, really, couldn't I?
0: You could have, yeah. But I thought, nah. That'd have been a bit of show stuff. Oh God,
1: no! I thought, no, nah, don't worry about that. Nobby can look after him, so he was one of my favourites, Nobby. Yeah. Because I don't think he was the most gifted footballer ever, but you need oh, people oh. like him. He was
0: a terrier, wasn't oh, he? Oh,
1: he was a wonderful player. <laughs> the
0: the I, I, I'm, a, I'm a West Ham. I'm a diehard West Ham fan. So yeah. I met um, Jeff Hurst in 1996 at the um, Europeans. At the Europeans, mm. I met him there, and. Um, it was interesting because when you look at it in history, 1996, you're talking 20, what's that, 26 years ago? Yeah, I know. 26, or well, you take that back, 26 yeah, years. That was 1970. We were playing in Mexico. I,
1: know. And, I, know. I, know. I thought we should, I, I thought we'd win again. I really I just couldn't imagine we wouldn't win again, yeah. and, and And we haven't. Maybe this time, and that's what being a football supporter is about, isn't it? I oh,
0: know the this highs time, and
1: lows. This time, well, not many really highs with England, but this time, this this will be it. And I think, I think people who don't play sport, I don't care what sport it is by the way, miss such a lot. They do, yeah. But they as do. they don't play, they don't know. They don't Pre- understand. Presumably, they don't. I, I, I don't know. It's it's quite extraordinary. I mean, I yeah, I think I've watched lots of great players. Uh, I think Bobby Charlton was special but I think before that and I only saw him in the film Duncan Edwards oh yeah <sighs> just unbelievable Duncan Edwards they reckon it, he would have been in, he would have been in 1966 if he hadn't died okay yeah. and they'd have, found, they'd have found room for Bobby Moore but they'd have found room for Duncan you just couldn't <laughs> yeah it, he just,
0: but it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I I was watching an article the other day. This isn't about why you're here, but I was watching an article the other day about George Best. And I wonder how brilliant he would have been if he'd have had the boots, the lighter ball. The pitches. The, and Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. They'd play in mud. I know. Absolutely, and it wouldn't get called off. And everyone would start at three o'clock on a Saturday, and they'd finish at five o'clock. Of and we'd listen to the sports report on the way home in the car, on the yeah. on your on your medium white. But radio. you've
1: got to look. At There's two sides to these stories. It certainly suited the old cloggers like me, mate. Yeah, of course, of course it did. It, of course it did. Yeah, football's much more skillful now than it was in my day. <laughs> It I, is.
0: I I think that no. I think the people have still got the skill. The difference is there has been a lot of technology and a lot of investment into the equipment. Now you think it's only a pair of boots, but actually they're designed in a particular way. They like putting a pair of slippers
1: on. Yeah,
0: I know. Whereas before they were thick, they were heavy. The ball, I mean, well, yeah, you, you
1: yes, of course. But if you're asking me, I think you are. I am. Would today's players, would yesterday's players? shine today the answer is yes yeah or I've, I've no doubt about it. when you see old film Stanley Matthews skipping down there and crossing the ball come on and George Best yeah great player loads of great players and they would still be great players they definitely definitely would yeah I've, I just no doubt about it I just I'm just glad I played, but it was because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been as good. How,
0: how many coppers would they have on duty, I wonder, at Wembley in 1966?
1: I've no idea. I honestly I have no idea, but it was no security officers.
0: No, it was all It was all coppers.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, now it's it's overwhelmed by security and everything else. And in fact, the police can only go in if they get invited. There's no natural right of attendance. So when
1: do I get invited, I wonder? When there's ag. no. Yes. extraordinary yeah cynical yeah. Yeah. well did it did but you see things have changed. because I was at Albany Street by the way the next satellite station was St. John's Wood oh
0: wow Cricket. with Lords yeah
1: and I when I went there you directed me of traffic and you went to the gate, and there was J-Stand it was called yeah that was ours the police
0: what was it and it had
1: a tea urn there you know you get a couple of tears of biscuits well,
0: and of course you've got Abbey Road there so you're you oh, 60s oh, don't Abbey Road Abbey Road the Beatles yes. it's just I mean I could see you I can no. see you Dan now, come on Alan you must have a story around that
1: I have I, me, you've got to remember <laughs> St John's Wood if you don't know is affluent
0: it is beautiful Eric. right
1: okay lots of rich people yeah lots of au pairs yeah okay so once, I think it was a Sunday, it was a late turn anyway, me and my mate Ted Biggs, who we were posted to <laughs> St. John's Wood for the day. And we thought, <laughs> this is great because it's a sunny day. It's home pairs. We don't know, we don't know the beat, so we're obviously going to walk together. Yeah. And you never know anyone of me. And the uh, sergeant there said, you are Abbey Road Studios at four o'clock We were time. Well, it's a group called The Beatles. No nah, why you no, know, which we vaguely heard of. It's a very early days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Sixty-two, sixty-three, sixty-five, wasn't it? And so they said tell and I down there. And if you've ever policed hundreds of twelve to fourteen year old girls screaming, <laughs> you'll never want to do it again. <laughs> you won't. That sounds sexist, but they, they got a higher voice, haven't they? <laughs> right? And, uh, and uh, from that day on, to be honest. I always preferred the Rolling Stones. <laughs> they, they just. I knew you were going to say oh, that. They just. So did you get to see the Fab Four? Was they- well, uh, excuse me, helmets like this, keep the crowd back. What do we see? Yes. <laughs> That's all we saw. Yeah. And, uh, but I think both Ted and I think, God almighty, what time You grub? Know, it, it's just awful. Oh, yeah. And, and no wonder we got posted up there. The locals knew better to get posted to that, didn't they?
0: You didn't realise then that what, oh, you, no, what were No, seeing-
1: absolutely no idea. No, honestly, Paul, I had no idea.
0: It, it's still an icon. I mean, you, you, you deal with tourists all the time now, and it's still an iconic place... Like
1: well, the- oh, dozens of times I've been up there to yeah. crossing the road and all that. In fact, I've got a tray at home, which I bought in America, which depicts that scene. And if you look at it, you'll see a uh, crossed and you are also one, two, three.
0: Right, where are we? So there, there was a, you say there was a police van that was parked. Yeah, off
1: oh, the right hand side of that song. and and it was a it was a Marylebone Lane police fan and I've sat in it many times because I was sergeant by then and I was our sergeant but anyway I've sat in it i the index number and there's a guy standing there he's clearly a, a, an agent to CID or CID because you can see, see he's, a, he's funny. a policeman and and of course he still owns a, McCartney still owns a house around the corner doesn't he that he bought in, in the 60s yeah he does, he does. Yeah, does yeah, as, a, as a tourist guide in my second life I've taken many people there I can't Personally, I can't see the attraction of across the zebra crossing, <laughs> But they love it.
0: Yeah, of course they do, because that's, that's musical history, isn't it? It is.
1: Actually, it is. I, no, I understand that. I'm fed the Rolling Stones, <laughs> but I understand that. So but
0: the Rolling Stones, what interactions did you have? I think you said April the 1st.
1: Well, on night duty, station officer at Meribyrn Lane, and uh, that time, Mick Jagger had a flat in Harley Street, which was...
0: Oh, did he? Yes,
1: yeah, not far from the Nick. And it's April 1st, I'm night duty, the phone goes at three o'clock, and a voice says, Jagger here. <laughs> so I put the phone down. I thought, I thought, I honestly thought it was April 4th. You but it turns out it wasn't because he rang me back. <laughs> and it said, uh, Marianne's uh, had a passport stolen.
0: Marianne being
1: Marianne faithful. faithful yeah, so I sent the area car around, they came back, they were laughing a bit because it, oh, I don't Go into details, he was, yeah, he was in bed with her and, uh, and they found the parcel under the bed, you see, which can happen to anybody, can't it? yeah, of
0: course it can. But she was still in bed when they got round there.
1: Well, it was about three o'clock in the, yeah, three o'clock in the morning.
0: How, <laughs> how brilliant!
1: It was it, a bit my big favorite is, is, is Rob Stewart, of course, because well, he's
0: a local lad now. He lives, I say local, but he yeah, lives up know. near Harlow, doesn't yeah, he? But he, um, he,
1: um. He was a decent footballer.
0: Yeah, he was a decent People
1: footballer. say he wasn't. I played against him twice, and believe me, he was decent. And uh, I bumped into him, him and Penny Lancaster, before they got married in a pub called the Tower of Ramsgate in Wapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a dozen uh, American sailors, officers, I was taking a pub call, and there he is. Uh, like, now I've got to do it. Answer, I went up to him and said, oh, I shouldn't do this, but. I've waited 30, 30 years for this he says why is that I said, because you kicked me and, you. <laughs> and he said and this is true he said when was that and I said who did you playing? I said Islington Police he said we played on AstroTurf he said we did he said we played in the White Hart I said no it was a white horse he said I remember that bloody yeah. hell yeah and he was a decent but he was a midfield player he's up of course AstroTurf he could shine I, yeah. could, I couldn't it was smooth, wasn't it? So, but and he did something I don't think you can do very easily as a pop star. He invited the ladies to come over and talk to him. And I don't mean, I really don't mean like oh, you want to see He didn't do it. He no, did no. it in a nice way. And he went there, he took photographs and selfies. And then Penny Lancaster came. Of course, she's a special constable now. She, she is was, in the city, yeah. So it, it, was, it was nice. And by the way, I don't want to be cynical here. But I didn't have to work very hard for the rest of the No, I bet you didn't. No, I didn't. It's, it's, it's
0: interesting. When I was a, a governor over at Epping, I picked up the phone and it was his brother-in-law who's his estate manager. Okay. And they had a problem with parking by okay. his old house. And I got invited up there. And I was actually running an undercover job in the area. But they put me back there in uniform because there was some other skullduggery taking place. But anyway, and I go there. And um, as we're driving around on the golf trolley, we see the – Football pitch, which you know is immaculate in his green and white, uh, Celtic colors, oh, and yeah. on, on the, the nets, might and, and out walks Rod Stewart. And I'm, you know, I, I like Rod Stewart, I like the faces, I like all of it. And anyway, we're, we're standing there talking. Oh, I've heard about you, Paul. Yeah, of course, you have, Rod. You know, you've heard all about me, haven't you? And uh, I always remember as a schoolboy, I was walking the walking around delivering newspapers mm. and he'd been removed from a flight before it took off to go to New York because he'd got I think it was Brit Eklund's breast he'd removed her breast from her clothing okay. on the plane and they asked him to leave and I had this conversation with him and he was laughing he goes oh I remember that and he was so down to oh, earth yeah. so and he, even now he'll eat in the local restaurants drink in the local yeah. pubs he's very very down to earth
1: it, he really is and, and I, I, I was in hospital in- Everyone mind the nose operation from playing football. I'll never forget the Walthamster Avenue where uh, he did nose, I swear he did. Anyway, because <laughs> I'm representing, the, I'm in the Met Police team and uh, I've ruined my career. Anyway, I'm having a nose job and the guy in the next bed is a young man and he's, um, it turns out he had uh, ribs that didn't grow. Oh, so well, he had Plastic ones there and he's depressed. And in walks Rod Stewart with all these gaggle of girls. Flowers for him. Turns out they're neighbours.
2: They that's know each brilliant. other
1: well. And Rod Stewart, come in. And that's how the football match is to be honest. Right. That's how it started. And I've obviously won a soft spot for Rod Stewart. Yeah. Because he was decent that night and he never forgot his old mate. The second time I played against him, I was a ringer for Barnet Police. I didn't tell him afterwards.
2: <laughs> 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 but you know what he
1: used to do, don't you? He used to play Hampstead Fields, I think it's called Hampstead Fields. Right. You did all these Sunday morning stuff, I did. And I played for this thing called Barnet, And he turned up in his Rolls Royce with half the team, you know. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. I, uh, and took a moment of dirty dirty in There was nobody to shower there. And he's, yeah, a decent, a decent bloke. Yeah. Good entertainer and a decent footballer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt absolutely.
0: about that. Oh, it's interesting, <laughs> He, um, Yeah, he's well. He stopped for one of my PCSOs. There was a fight in Epping High Road, and he stopped, got his driver to to get out and and give her assistance. And afterwards, he said, "My boss would like to meet you." And um, he's sitting in the car with Penny And they invited her to the weekend barbecue Where they had all of, you know, Robbie Williams yeah. And the whole lot playing football there But no um, decent
1: man he's, yeah. not, he's not quite his roots, no question though. Half of actually loves Scotland He's a decent bloke Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're now um, Sergeant Evershev What happens next? Where do you go from
1: Well, I, I, I sat an exam to become a station sergeant
0: you had to sit an exam then?
1: Oh, this is wonderful for me, because in those days you sat, it's very archaic, you sat an exam, which was competitive, so if they weren't 100 sergeants, you had to finish in the first 100, and it was based solely on the law. Extraordinary, isn't it? And I was good at uh, remembering dates, etc. Yeah. So I passed the science exam high up, and I had a chance to go to Bramshill, which was
0: special past. course yeah, yeah
1: yeah well i didn't get it for some under reason i don't know why they didn't choose me and then the next one was station sergeant and i remember i came eighth and they only wanted 30. because it suited me i could put it yeah. so the station they sent me to, to caledonia road you don't know it um it's closed in everywhere I've ever service closed, <laughs> And it so it was a very working class area near King's Cross. Yes. And something extraordinary happened. I was very lucky. A man came to take over a chief inspector called Lou Holness. Now you've never heard of him? Nobody has. No. He's never been on a leadership course in his life. You'd follow him anywhere. He just had such charisma. I, I can't tell you. He's just he's just fantastic. And he taught me a lot. He taught me that you've got to get everybody together. For, don't, don't separate from the CID. Don't separate from the, the mounted brides, because we had horses there. Right. Don't separate from the SBG. And, you can use them all. And he was just brilliant. And of course, he was a fantastic vice man. He really was right. fantastic. As a sergeant, which he'd been a sergeant for years in Brixton, they used to put him in the clubs. He was five foot six, smoked like you know, a great. I haven't run a book on management, or but he, no. he didn't need to. I tell you what his men was like. You, you read, I think, this man thinks out of the box, no nonsense normally. This guy said to us one day, I've entered for the Meshbourne, please, flower competition. We said, We haven't got any flowers. He said, I know, he said, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get these flower pots and put them all around he said. But why? He said, Well, the Queen Mother is a judge. And we got police horses in the stables here. And she loves horses. It became third. <laughs> the Queen Mother turns up. She spends all her... Not all her time. Most of the time with the horses. Yeah. Then she goes up to, to lose office. And, but discuss politics, I suppose. Yeah. Of course. Now, I might think... I, I, I'm an not a singer, but I, I would never have thought of that. No. Not in a...
0: Month of Sundays.
1: No, you just wouldn't, would you? But he that's the way his brain worked and he, he sent me one day he gave me ten pounds, he said, go and get two bottles of gin. Mm-hmm. So then what was that? And he said, Roger Bannister.
0: For me, Milo? Sir Roger Bannister. He's yeah.
1: opening, opening the AstroTurf. I said, Yeah, he said, Well Lady Mayor of Islington's here. I I know she likes drink gin. <laughs> How do you so, think like that? not on the spot. Yeah. Off you go to his office. And he never really had a lot of trouble with Pontus and Islington. I'm and sure. Maybe that wasn't him, but...
0: Well, I'd like to think it's well, the same now, but well, it's not. I know it's not. Well,
1: you see, don't get me going on that for me all day. Because I learnt that from him a little bit, but also a home beat officer said to me, when I was choosing, <laughs> it's Christmas party, so you've got come. we a little bit of a disco, and we've been saving all year for it. Well, to be honest, I was quite impressed because he kept a straight face, and so did I. They've been collecting for it Saturday, Go down there, go they do. There was no scotch; it was wine a bit. But yeah. And he says to me, he said, Go and ask that lady to dance there. So rock and roll. I know you like it. I do." I said, Why? He said, "Well." She is one of the leading lights in the Labour Party here. She's not a councillor, but believe me. So
0: she, she's a mover and shaker. Uh, yeah.
1: And um, he then used to come to me and say, uh, The questions that she'll ask at the next meeting is such and such and such. Now, would I know she like what? No. He did. Did it help? I don't think it helped at all.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: That's thinking out of the box as well. That's for a PC.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, but the, I think that political savvy um, through the ranks <laughs> is it still there? I don't know. I think there's too oh, much I, too I, em- I, emphasis on other no, things. No, no, no,
1: but no. Paul, I think it's still there. Yeah, it's, I think it it's probably is. It's just that we don't believe it. Yeah. Well, I think we believe it. Yeah, no, we but don't. But I think there's fewer people. In... No, we don't believe the objects of it. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. No. Possibly. Possibly.
0: I don't know. Well, what what year did you get promoted to inspector?
1: Uh, so, 70. 1970.
0: So you're twenty nine at this point.
1: And they sent me to Romford, which is one of the few police stations still open.
0: God's country.
1: Well, then they sent me.
0: Did, were you in a police house then?
1: Did you? No, 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 no. I brought. I bought a house in in, in Averley, Essex. Oh, you were posh
0: then. If you. No, could...
1: I couldn't afford. I couldn't afford anything else. But they sent me there and i did shifts and then they sent me as a unit com- deputy deputy commander at hornchurch police station closed and i served under a chief inspector who'd been a pilot of mosquitoes of world war ii really and crash landed and was, and was captured by the japanese and he would, he couldn't deal with japanese people but he wasn't rude he would if they come to the counter he would ask you to deal with them yeah but he taught he was so good on paper. He said, mate, I'm nearly retired. Do what you like. Make yourself known and I'll write your reports for you. Help you, man. I can't tell the story of Dinger Bell because it's not fair. Don't like to mention those. But in my career, I have met two really outstanding PCs for thief-takers. Who couldn't explain to you how they did it? No. And I don't think, the modern thing is, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't stereotype it. It's nonsense. These two guys, one at Hornchurch and one at Calderon on the SBG, they just did it. Um,
0: but it's a sixth sense. I mean, it's, Oh, it
1: is. Oh, no, definitely. I didn't have it. Yeah. I was a good witness, by the way, but they, he just had it. Yeah. I've never seen anybody before pick up the crime book, honestly. Remember the crime books? He reads it. And he picked the phone up. Uh, Would you like to come and see me? Harry, wherever it is.
0: Because
1: <laughs> he knew that
0: it was That was his MO and yeah, he knew that the description uh, was him
1: absolutely right. But uh, anyway, Hornchurch was great. And uh, you see you learn, don't
0: you? Yeah, of course you do.
1: I applied to join the SBG.
0: The SPG. What did the S- what did SPG Special Patrol Group? Yeah,
1: that's right. They, they were they were a group of police officers at six bases around London, who were basically used to flood areas. Because there were thirty of us: 30 PCs, three sergeants, a couple of women police inspector. You flood the area for a month to try and displace the crime, the people. Yeah. Okay. But you're firearms officers.
0: Were you shot? Then you were firearms.
1: I was made firearm. one of the worst. <laughs> I, I just—I got through. Sometimes I think my rank helped. There, I don't know. Sure. I wasn't very good. Uh, but you got—you 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 got deployed at what would be troublesome events. Okay. Because uh, I don't recall ever being sent to police a women's institute march. You just wouldn't? No. no. OK. So you know what it's all about. And it was fantastic five years. But what I learned from is I applied for this job and the chief superintendent didn't want me to go. And a commander said, I'm going to recommend you. I said, thank you. He said, I'll tell you why I'm going to recommend you. If you get promoted out of it, good luck. If you don't, you'll be a far better inspector when you go there for the experiences you learned. I, I I I tell you point, I've never ever turned anybody down for my own selfish reason to keep them because I know.
0: Yeah.
1: That, I don't care what it is actually. Yet they will come back better.
0: Yes. So I look. Good. And you were an inspector then. Obviously, the inspector. Yeah. So what?
1: What year was this? Seventy-five by then. Seventy-five. Yeah. And within within six weeks, I was at the Spaghetti House siege, was in an Italian restaurant besieged by people armed, you know. And then December Balcon Street, which was the famous IRA. Store.
0: So Spaghetti House. I mean, for those listening, the, w- w- through the seventies, we had um, some serious issues with the IRA, didn't we, in London?
1: Yeah, the Spaghetti House was really two armed criminals right. going to Spaghetti House, which is an Italian chain. Yes.
0: Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought yeah. that was IRA. No, no, as no, well. no, no. And,
1: and they, and they, uh, they surrendered in the end, and. and um, and I, I remember I was handcuffed to one of them as we took me to the police station. Right. That's about it. But the reason for that were tempers were high. Yeah. Because, you know, they were armed and dogs and
0: And you're an inspector, so you've got a modicum of. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Sense. Well, not sense, but. <laughs> not, not Restraint. Not. Well, I, yeah. I see. We'll go on to armed police later, if you like. Yeah. Because I, I have enormous respect for them. Yeah, I have. And I, I'm a member of their friends' society. Actually, we don't do anything, but because I, I there well, we are. Balcombe Street was a big one, wasn't it?
0: So, th- talk me through that, then. Now.
1: Well, what they did, uh, the, the yard decided to put uh, pairs of. PCs in plain clothes around May Fair. And the reason it was May Fair was the IRA, this were firing at restaurants, post restaurants. Right, okay. And the idea was these plain clothes officers then radio help from the SVG were on the outside.
2: Because okay.
1: we were armed. So this all happened in the near Marleburn station. Now I'd walked the beat round there, even though the my unit was in Gypsy Hill, South London. So I was the only one who knew where we were going. Yes. So we turned up if we weren't the first ones, i would be very difficult. And that uh, they decamped and they shot at not my carrier, I think it was one of the other carriers. Uh, and um the two PCs got bravery awards, quite right, so they're fired And they hold up in this council flat in Balcombe Street, which is just behind Mariburan uh railway station. Right. Actually And you know, the siege took place. I mean
0: and these are IRAs. Oh, they are Active IRAs. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the thing about it was, and I was once again, lesson, I had a gun, and so did my sergeant. There were actually two per carrier, and I gave it to the inspector and the sergeant. And I was, honestly, Paul, I was carrying this gun for about half an hour. I thought, why am I carrying a gun? It's a siege. I should be organising.
0: Yeah. So, be, I'm making the
1: decisions here. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> so I gave the gun to Valery and off he went. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. they made the hierarchy made a mistake there, but I bet they didn't do a game. And then we it's so funny because there was a little Mews street opposite and there was a, a properly registered with DVLA, what they call it, a tank there. Really? Well, I say tank, maybe it's an armour.
0: Yeah, like a small armour vehicle. Yeah. Scout, type yeah, of it. it
1: was there ideal. A, I think they probably thought the army were there, yeah. To well. be, we post people there, couldn't we? <coughs> yeah, that's just lucky, and it lasted five days.
0: So, what happened then? So, you're because the, the great Peter Inbert was, was there,
1: so Peter Inbert was a, a superintendent in the special branch who was negotiator,
0: right? Okay, now
1: they they made these negotiators quite recently to, to, to talk people out yeah <coughs> i can't remember their first shoes was, paul but it was quite recent but he's negotiating and i'm there one day and i'm in the flat above with the chief superintendent and peter ember is negotiating and these these government has thrown their field telephone out onto the balcony so peter Ember is telling them that we are going to pick it up and it'll go past the window, but we're just trying to get the phone back to give you a fresh run, We're not threatening you.
0: So we'd already supplied them with us? Yeah, we have
1: supplied them with that, yeah. So as I was standing there, Peter Inbert's doing this, I looked at the chief superintendent said, Who's going to do that? Because there's nobody here to put it up. He said, Well, I'm the chief superintendent, so it's not going to be me. We have kind of narrowed <laughs> it down to me. And so I, my claim to fame is I'll pick, I'll pick this thing up. And off it went, and I got a photograph it in my office of me doing that.
0: But because you I, make it sound as if you just picked it up. The, you, you pulled it up, but it, there was a was there a balcony there? Yeah,
1: or? yeah, we a You pulled it up to the next balcony, basically.
0: Yeah. So you're <laughs> out leaning across. You've got, <coughs> you've got all these armed police officers. Oh, don't go
1: there. They're SPG blokes. I like that And I thought. That's Bob Aldrin, it's through Through it. 3. He's a worse shot than I am. I did. I remember thinking that, it's terrible, God. And, and I had that photograph in my office and Peter him, visited me one day and he saw it said, he said, I've been waiting years to meet you. But he said, what's that? And I told him the to story. He said, did that really happen? He said, I assumed there was someone there to do that. But I said, of course you would, but it was me. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well...
0: <laughs> and, they, I, and they got subsequently convicted yes, and so, lo- yeah, locked yeah. up. Yeah,
1: they did, yeah. yeah. It's a, it was a good lesson. The other thing I did there, and I'd never really heard of the SAS, but they called the SAS in. And um, this young captain, I was dedicated to help this young captain get um, curtains, lace curtains, right? Mm-hmm. So they could be behind it and they. Yeah. I oh, said, so I know. And I took them to you.
0: <laughs>
1: and I explained it to the man in charge. I got them just like that. Yeah. Just like that. That, that. Absolutely no problem. I'm not even sure he charges, to be honest with you. On, mate, mate. That's mm. my claim to fame. I got to curtains.
0: So you got a few claims to fame. So... Not really, but uh, well... such...
1: You see, the thing is, if you get a job you enjoy, you never work again. If you ever said that, it was probably some Roman... Right,
0: but it's absolutely right. Right, you know. What year did you finish on SPG then? Seventy nine,
1: and I'd been in a few things. And you know, there was a a, a, God, there was a march through Lewisham North South London of the National Front. Yeah, it's always referred to that. It got very violent. But but there were but they were attacked by left wingers. Yeah, yeah. And 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 what my abiding memory of that again is they gave us shields for the first time Mm -hmm. but (laughs) they put them in a little van following our three vans driven by a civilian and of course when we wanted the shields they were the other side of the crowd yeah so we had to charge the crowd with battens out to get our shields they never did that again. The authority, to be fair, we always carried them on carriers after that.
0: And and of course, at that time, police officers didn't have the protective clothing. That no, no, got now. no, we didn't. I mean, I, I remember vividly watching um, some of this on the television. Brixton, for instance, oh. they would be wearing their normal police uniform, police hats. They're using the lids from the dust dustbins. Bins.
1: Oh yeah, damn it! Not Neil Carnivore It's seventy six, by the way.
0: Well. And, and it's interesting because Notting Hill Carnival is still a flashpoint for Metropolitan Police every bank holiday.
1: Well, the truth is, what, what, whose eyes do you want to look at it? Do you want to look at, at the at a million or so tourists that go there? They're nice eyes, see that. Do you want to look at it, the residents who love living in Notting Hill, which is lovely, except they have to go wherever they can? Do you want to look at it at the police point of view? Or do you want to look at, at the people at 9 o'clock at night on a, Sunday, on a Monday the last night when it gets dark go rampaging through the streets whose
0: and and throwing bottles at each other and yeah, cool. well <sighs> it is it's frustrating because it what is basically a really good community oh, event yeah, is, is. is destroyed by a handful of Imbeciles. Every year. Every year. Every single year. And you think we'd have the intelligence to identify who those are to deal with them before they even got through the door. But anyway, that's. Well, a- you
1: can't, I, 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 don't, I don't know. All I know is I did it uh, as an inspector twice, three times, and I did it as a chief superintendent running an area. And.
0: Uh, yeah, it's frustrating.
1: It, well, it, it is frustrating because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's still happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's still happening now, 40-odd for uh, years on. I don't know the answer, mate. I no.
1: really don't know that. Well, uh, I probably
0: do, but I can't say it on here. No, cause, I um, can't
1: say it. My, daughter, my daughter's a serving police officer. She's done it twice. She hated it.
0: Yeah. It's intimidating. It is. It's frightening. Really intimidating.
1: It really is. If only are on the SVG, it's a bit easier, because you know you're going to be backed up.
0: Were you there, was it south of when Blair Peach was... Um...
1: Blair Peach was uh, a New Zealander, and I and, I, and he's a teacher. I and mean, I don't know what, I don't know what it was about. I can't remember. No. But I wasn't. What hell, I was there, but by that time, I was a chief inspector.
0: Right. Okay. And
1: I took a contingent from the places. <laughs> my big memory is diving out of the coach, looking me I'm on my own. <laughs> I'm used to the SPG. They, they came. My division. They came. Yeah. yeah. And I remember. It was really violent, and that gets me to something else. If you want to talk about public order, do you remember Boris Johnson? That was. Yeah. And when he resigned, he said something about the herd of bison they charge and they can't stop. That's what a crowd's like. I don't. Oh on. yeah. When a crowd starts running, they don't know why. I swear to God, they don't. No, they don't. And 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 I remember going to somewhere on the S V G, and they called up this fan that should have ten PCs here. And I'm in there with the driver because the rest have got out to do other things, and it says uniform three one uniform three, uniform three. Would you go so, so so Yes. And I sent the driver. Do you know what? That'll be recorded at Scotland Yard There's ten PCs of Sergeant and an yeah. inspector, but actually it was me and you. Uh, and I there's no answer to that, by the way. No, of course re- not. There really isn't. So I think I think demonstrations. Are extremely difficult to police, and all my sympathy with them, because a crowd is so—you just don't know what it's going to do. It's unpredict- the un- unpredictable. unpredictable! Yeah. it's unpredictable. And what they do—and if you talk—if you talk to them rashly afterwards, they wouldn't remember half of it. I swear no. to God, they wouldn't.
0: Because they get carried away with the fervour. They do get carried away. Yeah.
1: You see a police—you see a, you see a problem crowd. I remember once going to Chelsea. And there was a, a, a way down to the underground station, and people were running down there on the SVG. And this girl, probably early twenties, she yep. got trapped against a stone Luckily, there was a PC there with me called the Animal, because he was about twenty stone and huge, and he literally pulled a like cork out of a bottle. Now that crowd didn't mean to do that. No, no, no question. Me. And I'm not saying she wouldn't have got free anyway, but. I was glad the old animal was there.
0: Yeah, potentially. Oh, look! Like
1: cool out of the bottle. Boom, she came. Oh God! And that's—I yeah. don't know—crowds, people, academics in particular write about crowds as if you should do this and that.
0: You can't judge them. You can't I don't predict think what so. they're going to do.
1: I, re- I honestly, Paul. Yes, of course you can police it. Yes, of course. But when a crowd is very unpredictable and. It's very very difficult.
0: That's all I say. So you finish on the DPG. SPG. SPG. you have got changed to TSG. TSG. Yeah, and
1: they've still got the TSG. Yes, we don't like to use the word special. It's elitist.
0: You oh, see. okay. Yeah. Is that why they changed it? I think so. I don't know. T- and it was a political. I mean, there, was no, I think the, there, was. It, there were some political issues around I, the I SPG, and, and you know, yes, um, of of views so. around the sus laws and stop and search and.
1: What is a suss well, No, don't,
0: what, don't, don't, no don't, what is it? Come on then. Suspected is, person. Uh, Alan, what is a suss sus, Suspected sus sus
1: person, likely to would intend to commit a, an arrest offence. It was from 1824.
0: After the Napoleonic Wars. Thank
1: you. 1824.
0: And it was to deal with the Vagrancy Act and all that, all yeah, to deal with part, soldiers.
1: begging. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Begging Beg soldiers coming back from the Napoleonic Wars. So... It was an antiquated piece of legislation, but used Yeah, sometimes to good effect, sometimes to bad well, effect. Well,
1: people associated with the SVG. I'm not sure that's fair. But then anything associated with the SBG was invariably not fair, and I'll tell you why. Because if the benefit of the doubt, you're not getting to the police, and you're certainly not getting to the SBG, no. because they're all depicted as thugs. And that really sometimes upsets me. Yeah, of course. Because I serve with some really good police officers, and yeah. they weren't thugs. No. They, they really won't.
0: No. No, they, and they're very loyal, very good and, you know, consummate but, police officers. But always in
1: situations that will be conflict.
0: Well, and you need to have your finest the, army behind you when you're in conflict because... No doubt about it. We were talking earlier on. When Alex Ferguson chose probably the best football team of all time, irrespective of who you supported, mm. he didn't speak to an HR professional and say, no. oh, who should I put up front to score goals? Yeah. He made his choices and built the team around the people that he had there. And that is, yeah. rightly or wrongly, there are yeah. elements of the police service that should still have that. And the reason they don't is because somebody got overlooked who was most offended, and the reason they were, they're offended is because they probably weren't capable of undertaking that role in the first place. Yeah, it's
1: it, look, you're right. Controversial. You, you need them. See my daughter? My daughter's been all these years. She does schools liaison. Yeah. And she's very good.
0: Commendable. She, we she need won. people in schools. She, we need she communities.
1: Won. She won, a, she won a, a, an award. She did. And, but that's what she's good at. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. But actually, what she is, is a home beat officer in school. Yeah. Now, I learned, again, from this Lou Holness. don't disparage home beat officers as ladies. Uh, use them. And... And somehow we've lost that. Yeah. And I, 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 it's obvious that you have to respond. You have to respond to emergencies, okay? So, what's the first ones that, that go when you're overwhelmed?
0: beats. Yeah, but the, the, the issue is, and I'm, I know that you, you'll agree. Community policing is the heart of all policing. Of course it is. It doesn't matter what crime takes place, it takes place in the community. Whether that's an online, which is now the, yeah. the favourite, a community started in the community. And for me, two things 1994, when we lost the housing allowance and police houses, they used to build police houses yeah. in areas that council states and they needed extra. And, and they were, that's where the community. Neighbourhood policing started because the local kids would have been taught some respect and and they would have understood. They um, still
1: talk. Well, I live in Greenhide, which is just out. It's on Kent, just outside, and they had their village teeth. and the village policeman played. The older people still talk. He was a great player, you know. How much did he find out in the bar after? You tell me. Yeah, exactly. Quite a lot. Quite a lot. And and I, yeah. See, the thing is. I always remember being at Southwark as a Chief of, uh, and, the, and the MP was Simon Hughes, Liberal Democrat. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't agree with much of his politics, but he was a really decent man. Do you know what? If you invited him to a retirement, he was there. He was there. And he said to me one day, the problem you have, he said, is you're like, you're as if you're in your castle and you venture out to deal with things. And there's, thus, you're of coming an army of occupation. He said that to me in 1990. I remember saying to him, yes, Simon, but every time I stick my head above the wall, you throw rocks in it. Yeah. But he, he was right, and you was right, and what has happened, and I'm not saying why it's happened, but, but what we got now is what? we got various castles around London, etc., where the guys venture out. I don't think that's good.
0: I don't think it's good I don't think, But
1: I don't. I mean, I don't know the internet, I don't know.
0: I don't know. No, why. but I mean, the, the nineteen ninety four was a sort of a pivotal moment because we went to twenty four hour shopping.
1: Yeah, and I, and I retired then.
0: You retired in ninety four, and 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 then you could see the difference it made to policing when when you went, Alan. But but then when when the world went to twenty four hours, the police went to nine to five.
1: Yeah, because. Because I think we have got. In, I think society now thinks you should look after your own more than serve. I'm not looking at people. I'm not saying this no, no. And, and so yeah, it's an
0: interesting concept.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's look. You see it with a with a National Health blessing. who I've had nothing but praise for them, but you see them kind of looking after themselves health and safety of
0: you
1: it. Know yeah.
0: Well, don't works like that? No, it doesn't and it's interesting because we we've successfully we've built more teams in the premiership within the police service. And every every part of that service has a remit and it's quite frustrating when it's well that's not my job that's somebody else's job and 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 then all of a sudden it doesn't actually pay provide the service that the public want or or deserve and no, I, you know, I, I feel for i feel for i think
1: it's, it's, it's diff- I, I just i do feel for them listen i wouldn't want to be a response officer no i really really wouldn't
0: get a complaint every 30 yeah, seconds it, and, well what about this new we, we, we'll come back to your service but what about this new um met line Around, they want you to phone up if you think that someone's got a bad apple. And well, there's, that's only going to go one way, isn't it? Every time PC Evershed arrests somebody and is successful in his particular community, yeah. the communities some communities will gang up and will start making spurious complaints and then you'll have an inappropriate joke on your phone and when professional standards or DPS or whatever, you, whatever it is in, in your part of the world, they'll seize your phone and next thing you know, you're getting a sack because you've got a joke that somebody else has sent to you.
1: Well, the thing is, you see, if you investigate complaints against police officers anyway, you... If, if you can't prove what you think is right, the temptation is to go and see if the guy booked his car out properly. Yeah. In other words, you go for the minor things because you can't get the major. And the danger of that is, and it's, it's there, you lose your workforce. Let me tell you something. When I got made sergeant, the <coughs> very old sergeant there, I'm oh, 25, 26. He said, son, you're in charge of these men now. You've got to trust them. They'll let you down. If you don't trust them, they'll do you down. Yeah. Now, what he meant was, you've got to trust them, they'll let you down. They don't do it personally. In other words, they'll make mistakes. Yeah. You've got to forgive them. Because if you don't, they'll go through the motions. Now, I think that could easily happen in the police service. If it hasn't already happened, I'll just go through the motions because nobody's going to support me and let me make mistakes. Listen, Paul, in my office, I had a quote from President Teddy Roosevelt, 1900 early, I think, who was actually deputy sheriff. So we know his heart's in the right place. Right. But I had it in my office for years, it said, I've quoted now, so I've probably got it wrong side. He said, It's not the critic who counts, it's not the man who points out where the strong man stumbles, or the doer of deeds could have done better. The glory goes to the man in the arena, whose face is marred with dirt, blood, and sweat, and strives mightily, and fails and comes short. And if he succeeds, knows the honour of high achievement. And if he fails, he fails daring greatly unlike those cold and timid souls that know neither victory nor defeat. I had that in my office for years. So I used to come and say, what's Maliri done this? For God's sake. But I wasn't there. No. And you make mistakes. Yeah, and that's that's
0: life. And and the of police Of course it is. The police reflect society and society makes mistakes and and there'll be fewer people making mistakes in the police service. And you know the the stuff that happened to um Sarah Everard that that person who shall remain nameless. I hope he rots in jail. Yes, of course. He deserves everything he gets. I hope he's getting the worst time ever. Hope he gets the opportunity to l- listen to this and thinks that everybody hates him because they do because what he did to the British police service he put us back 50, oh, 50 years. It's just but like the it. fact is we've got a lot of um, very, very competent people. And I'll be honest with you, I think that the Met hotline is despicable, the fact that they're trying to out people in that way. And that because people aren't being paid proper money, again, we're going back to the mid-70s, we're a milkmaner more than a PC – you will see an upturn in some form of corruption. Now, that form of corruption could be someone going into a fish and chip shop and expecting a discount on fish and chips. Now, in our day, the fish and chip man was pleased to see you and you'd get a deal anyway.
1: Well, I think, I think the corruption, you know, I forget who said it. One of the law lords said uh, corruption, he was talking about police corruption, It's like a sausage. It's difficult to describe, but unmistakable when you taste it. Yeah. You see, if you're a home big man and you go along the same street and you're offered a cup of tea every now and then, that's not corruption in my book. Not my, in mine not. either. But if you go in and demand a breakfast every morning, that becomes corruption. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it
0: does. Absolutely.
1: But PC knows that. Yeah. So does, so does the shopkeeper. Yeah. But it's, it's difficult to describe. Yeah. So where you're going now with that... You're going to where <clears throat> he does nothing wrong. He never has a cup of tea, no, thank you. Which is quite ironic, really, because there are no police canteens anymore. No, exactly. However, what he will do, or she, will play it safe. And what he will do, or she... <laughs> He would do the very minimum and keep out of trouble. Yeah, I've no doubt about that.
0: And you can't blame them because no, they don't—they don't, don't get thanked for their for their graft. Well, they you, get vilified if they do something to, wrong.
1: You've got to support. That they make mistakes, and by the way, I believe. And I went to Bramshill College quite a few times. That the best way to be a leader is if it's in you. Okay and making mistakes. So I believe there are four things about being a leader. One, you've got to trust them. B, you should defend them in public. Yeah. And castise them. Castise?
0: Castise, yeah, I know you mean. (laughs) In
1: in private. (laughs) And the third thing is, and this is controversial, I think you should reach for the rule book as a last resort, not a first. Yeah. And there's only one thing in leadership you really need. You've got it, it's great. You can't lead from the back. <laughs> you really can't lead from the back. No. you got to be there. Do you remember the, the stories of the Duke of Wellington? Waterloo He used to go, front. And, and the stories of the soldiers, it can't be that bad, the governor's here, right? And that's true.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it is... True. You, should. you don't have to do much. That's what really gets me. I've been on many demonstrations. I did one at Notting Hill, where I decided if the floats got to us, but they shouldn't, I'd send them down there that way. But they did. I went to it. This PC, local PC, stepped in the road. Excuse me, sir, and moved them the other way. I said, What's it? What's it cul-de-sac governor <laughs> now you and I know if he didn't think I was halfway okay he'd let that happen yeah
0: of course he would but of yeah. course he would yeah because we, we've we all yeah of course we've all had people where we'd like them to drive into a cul-de-sac of
1: course but he saved me and then he said something I thought that's a bit cheeky because before the cardinal all started I, <laughs> I took him in for a pint we're both off duty and um he says, It's got a nice pub. He said, oh, on. we do only been in five minutes, and it turned out a man and, a, man and his, his son had a fight. And he said, Hold that for me. And he sorted it out, and I said, Nice, friendly, family pub. Right? But after this incident, there, do you know what he said to me? It's one all now. <laughs> 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 and he's right. Yeah, of it course says. it is. But if you don't. God, God Don't blow me old trumpet. If you're not there, and, and you he would have let me make that mistake I've no, yeah of course he would absolutely no doubt about it and yeah. I think that's the danger they're in if you use that approach that's been used by several high ranking officers of saying oh, I'm going to do this I'm going to root this route out you're actually you've lost 90% at least of your workforce yeah. you know have
0: yeah and the respect of them
1: oh so I'd, I'd, Paul you won't you, I will not criticise senior officers I've been there I don't know what pressures are under. I, I really don't. I honestly don't. But leadership doesn't change, mate. No, no, not really.
0: You when you when you were um, we get to 1984 and the Police and Criminal Evidence Act comes into place. Pace, pace. So, because you you then spend ten years working with with pace. How mm. was that for you as a a 1960s copper? Well. The reason I say that is because my dad was in the police service. Well,
1: all I'm going to say is this. Some of the problems you've got now with some of these groups now, they wouldn't have happened in my day because what happened in my day, you presented the evidence to me, the sergeant, and I decided whether there's sufficient evidence <coughs> to charge or not. Yeah. That's it. Come cool. call. <coughs> now it goes through everything else. I vividly remember the PC on his went on the SBG and he's now a tourist guide like me and he became an inspector and he did vice a lot vice and he used to finish his evidence by looking me straight in the eyes say I then made my excuses and left good advice yeah do you see people getting in trouble but then I could decide what the charge on not. yeah so pace to me was being woken up at 3 o'clock in
0: the morning for a decision frankly yeah I, it's because it's, I I remember having spoken to my dad and his <laughs> his mates and who were CID and they'd nick someone on a Friday and if they didn't cough it straight away they'd be staying in all weekend and then they'd be dealt with on the yeah. Monday
1: morning yeah, yeah you, you know you had to have reasons for that, and of course, we had what we call a refused charge book, where you put in refuse. Oh, really? Re- yeah, if, you, if you were, evidence wasn't good enough, I could refuse it as a sergeant. I didn't know that. And release it. Wow. Well, that, that all changed. I'm not saying it's for the better or not. I just know there's a different era. Yeah. And, and and you have to go with that, and they have to live with that. And, and, I, and I also think, being controversial, the country has gotten liberal. No comments whether it's a good or bad thing. It has. So you've been to school, you've been taught liberal values all the way. Great. Now you're a police officer. And and you say no. Yeah. It, that's that goes that's that's difficult for you because you've been taught to challenge everything. Yeah. Now you're now you're the arbiter. You make decisions. And it's not so easy in my day more black
0: and white in my day yeah. right or wrong and, and the, the other thing that I, I about what you've just said if, if Mr Smith thought it was acceptable to urinate in a shop doorway when they become PC Smith okay. six weeks later mm. and they still think it's acceptable mm. then we see a degeneration of our society of around the way that we do our policing style and we still police by consent and we still oh, yes. to a certain degree have the Peelian principles but well
1: well we, I, no. I'm a conservative, not in a a political way. I believe in conserving things. Yeah. And doing things slowly when you change. A liberal tends to want it done quicker. I'm not saying they're wrong, by the way. I think they are, but I'm not. No. And that is the way it is. And and sooner or later, it's very difficult to draw lines if you're very liberal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If your police
1: officer is as much as liberal. Yeah. Because where's your line going to draw well, especially,
0: yeah. What's acceptable? What's not acceptable?
1: Especially if you're chief superintendent. Yeah. So you you
0: you're you've gone through your service. You've done the SPG. Mm. You end up at Southwark. Oh yes, wonderful. Wonderful place. Different world.
1: Fantastic. It was south. People don't know it. It's just south of the river. It's the first Roman suburb because it was just south of London Bridge. Right. And actually, the Roman road went from London Bridge, straight past the Nick, uh, onto A2, yeah. towards Dover, A3, Chichester. Right. And that's where Southern Nick was. Very, very working class. Getting gentrified now.
0: salt the earth people.
1: Yes, definitely. And they, it was, as a borough, it was staunchly Labour, except my little bit, which was Liberal Democrat very working class, and uh, actually, any policeman will tell you, it's easier to police working-class areas than upper-class areas. Well,
0: yes, yeah, absolutely right. i I I've, I've worked in some great places in Essex, and the the ones with the money were the more difficult, simply because they were more de- demanding, yeah. greater expectations, yes, and they thought that we were their private police service. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I, I, I also remember... See, I'm so old we used to call God, we used to call a detective superintendent if you had a murder or yeah, all right. And he would come here area headquarters with a man called Steve Landihue. I knew him from the 60s. He always had brilliant hair and a stuffed collar and a waistcoat. He looked like Urgly Pryor without a moustache. And he came to this series of, 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 of rape, actually. And I had a public meeting in the police station and said, Steve, you're going to have to speak to them. That's all right, old boy, I will. And uh, I introduced the great man and he stood there. And there any questions for Mr. Landy here, and yes, sir, what are you bleeding doing about it, mate? Which. <laughs> I know I shouldn't swear, but you know no, what? But that yeah,
0: is the question. That's all they want to know. Yes.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And he, he answered it well. Yeah. He wasn't... I don't think he was a brilliant detective, but he it was very thorough. Yeah. And, and, he, and a different world in it. He used to come drink my scotch, you know.
0: Really? Well, yeah, scotch in the police station.
1: And occasionally he'd say to How me... How very dare you. I've drunk your scotch again. I must take you for lunch. And he'd take me to the like local pub for lunch. He <laughs> would, bless him. He'd been long dead now, but he was... It's good, honest, honest detective. policing. That's what he was. Mm. And by the way, every time we had a murder on my ground, son, which would not bring many. I'd say to you, Detective Superintendent, would you like a local home beat man? He never said no.
0: No, of course, of course not. Eyes and ears, definitely.
1: It'll get you the gossip what was it like working in the police
0: service but bear in mind that when you joined we still had the capital punishment yeah. what was that what was that like I mean the, the I
1: don't think it, I don't think it affected the PC on the beat that capital punishment You're no great, vaguely aware of it because
0: oh, uh, Ruth Ellis 1965 five. was she yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah I don't think it affected us really to be honest with you and I think I think the judiciary has become liberalised and that's um, fine in many ways but it makes the job harder because I think it's Peter Rimba, I know it was, who said we should be a police service. And he's right, the police are a service. But if they're not an enforcement agent as well, what are they?
0: What are they? Yeah.
1: Social workers. I don't think Peter Rimba thought that at all. But that's how it's gone.
0: But you, I mean, you worked with, um you must have worked with Marx, yeah. Imbert. It was Paul Condon? Yeah,
1: that was about it really. Oh no, go back. Um, I was with a man called Not Power when I was a cadet. Because what he used to do, you know, and I forget the name of the first commissioner that came through the ranks. I can't remember his name. But he said, Wing Commander, would you like a job? <laughs> you know, a general. That's what they did. And of course they were all right because they knew how to handle men and all that. Yeah. And that's by the way, the trenchard scheme Yes, was fast promotion, yeah. Like now, that was nineteen thirties because he was a, what, he was an R.F. man of
0: Trenchard House was Trenchard House. That was it? a section house, Section I mean, house,
1: yeah. But he was not a wing commander, much above that. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they had the Hendon training schools there because it was Hendon Airport, right?
0: Airport. Air, airport
1: yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, it was. It was. That's why. But that didn't really work. When I went to Edgeware as a cadet in 1958, I was still a superintendent there.
0: But you can't imagine that Hendon was an RF station, can it you? Say, yeah, definitely
1: was. It's great, isn't it? That's, yeah. why, that's why the museum's still yeah. there.
0: It's <laughs> bonkers, really.
1: Yeah, but that's what they did. The driving school was there as well.
0: Yeah. And so, so let's talk about that because, I mean, we, there's some other stuff I'm going to ask you, but driving school I get this vision of almost like the Passports to Pimlico type thing the Ealing Comedies where the police vehicle has got a bell on the front am no, I being disrespectful no no I, I, I
1: no I went to the driving school as a police cadet, not to learn to the clerks but one of the great perks was you went with them for their full day out advanced driving down to Chichester really and I went there once and on the way back it overheated and I got the job of walking up to the house and <laughs> not getting some water. But it's a great privilege for me. And I can still, I still think, you know, every time I come to a bend, I try and get the maximum vision. So I
0: know, oh, on the same, I, you I drive I said, to the system.
1: Yeah, you still do it. Mind you, I wasn't a good driver. So I was what they call a group C automatics. When I became a station sergeant so I Drive Cars, and stuff. I never drove a vehicle. To I had 10 years service, I walked everywhere. Really? Uh, Group C automatics and SVG carriers, that's all I could do. So, I i, I don't know, where we, were we, driving still?
0: Yeah, no, police vehicles that have got oh, be- yeah. bells well, on the front.
1: When I first, I tell this story, but it's absolutely true. They posted me as a cadet to uh, this police garage at Hendon, actually. So I get on this griddle, <laughs> traffic control, they don't want, they don't want me no and of course not. I to but I was very good at two things I kept quiet and B I could beat them at table tennis and that makes a difference I know it's silly <laughs> but no it's silly but it makes a difference uh, and I, I learnt the, the best lesson ever is we stopped a guy for speed and in those days you had a calibrated extra speedometer and you yeah. followed him with three, I think it was three tenths of one maybe two I can't remember now and he said come with me son and uh, 42 miles now, 39, minute, come back, he said, did you hear what he said to me? I said, he said, thank you. Got it, he said. He said, thank you, because he knows he's an idiot. He knows he's gonna get points in his license. He knows he should have spotted us. So don't go in hard, son, don't embarrass him. Don't say who you think you are, Sterling Moss or Lewis Hamilton. Go in soft anywhere. If you meet resistance, if you're going too hard you've either got back off or yes, say mate. or say so you may regret yeah now, I didn't know what he meant then I did later yeah and I think that's true of any situation not just the police anything why going hard yeah you know because you can go hard because he said you're wearing the uniform you win. and by the way I'm very old-fashioned because that system where you reported a guy not a ticket and it went to the chief inspector who decided whether there's enough evidence gave you the motorist your day in court. And by the way, that made you innocent until I prove you're guilty. Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. Now I know you probably couldn't do it now. Okay, because it wouldn't get the money in. Right? But now as a motorist, you're guilty. Oh you, yeah, you're and you're, proving you're And that is reversal, total reversal of what I believe in. I believe you should be innocent to prove guilty yeah, and Absolutely. And if you if any kind of any kind of police are going to court it don't seem that she should never went to court, because I did, a lot. I lost some, which I thought I should win. Yeah. But yeah. you shrug, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because either I haven't presented it well enough, because we present our own cases, you know. Yeah. Or there's some other reason. You win some, you lose some. Now, you're guilty.
0: Yeah. And it's that's not right. Presume guilt before you've even you got that. You shouldn't de- do that. And yeah. then you, as an innocent person, you've got to fight like mad to try. And, right. and. No, it's not right. And,
1: and they've done that, and they've done it for convenience, because otherwise you'd need more courts, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and, and, and by the way, you wouldn't get the money.
0: And we've got fewer courts. And at the moment, we've got police cells being used again for... Oh. Prisoners, but we've got fewer police stations to keep them in. So what happens then? And well, what that what all that will mean is there'll be few people arrested because they haven't got space to take the home office You know,
1: we've done it before, haven't we? I remember, we had,
0: oh yeah, we don't. I don't afford. I remember. I was
1: a have you ever done it? Have you ever done? Have you ever been in a prison and on duty? Because well, you have. I have. I was in charge of Wandsworth when the strike was on. And it's horrible. Yeah. And and I also, as a station sergeant, I carried over at Penterville prison, and what's the prison? Holloway? Parade? Yeah, yeah. And I've done, I've done. I do ID parades in Penterville; not too bad. And one in in Holloway, and that was awful. You have you ever done an ID parade in a woman's prison? Done. I,
0: I took a prisoner. I was a, a young PC, so this is nineteen December eighty-seven, Christmas Eve, December eighty-seven and a woman has been remanded in custody at Braintree Police Station. And I'm the young, I'm the junior PC, so I jump in the car with John the civvy driver and we escort this woman to, to Holloway. We get there in time because there was a cut-off point that you had yeah. to be there. And as I walk in, it's like, here he is. Here's my Christmas present. Oh, my yeah, love. Yeah, And my backside was going half crown sixpence yeah, because yeah. it's just, you, honestly, it was so... I oh, know. It's it,
1: hostile. It,
0: it, yeah, it is hostile. And I'd worked in... Places that you know, building in in places where which was predominantly women, and it was very um, fruity. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Some of the behaviours, but this was just a different level. I know.
1: So I, I, I mm. yeah, it's just not a nice place. No, Pentonville was easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you were. Um, you, you go on to the DPG, and for those who don't know, the DPG is Diplomatic Protection, Protection Group. group.
1: Yeah. It, it, basically, they're responsible. They formed in
0: 1974.
1: Right. I think, 74. About that time. They were charged with protecting all the embassies, plus Downing Street. They're still there.
0: Yeah.
1: I think, I can't remember if it was Foreign Secretary, but it was definitely Downing Street. And... Um, It was the idea was that they'd all be armed, and you would try and do it properly, professionally. Two hours on and off. Yep. You had cars patrolling to make sure those that didn't have one. Now, to me,
0: and they're red vehicles now. They're the red vehicles.
1: But but when I was a PC, I did guard duty at the Israeli ambassador's house at St John's Wood. He'd be there for hours. Yeah. Unarmed as well so it wasn't very professional it is it's a lot more fresh yeah and, and you know I jokingly say in charge it was a tough job because I had to go to cocktail parties all over London at every embassy hell drink for England dreadful what a life wasn't easy you'll
0: me in tears in a minute you know that
1: I, I could do especially
0: the Irish. Yeah, I like the Irish Embassy. That was, that was, well, the yeah.
1: Irish Embassy was unique in the fight. It, it was always in March, wasn't it? To Patrick's Day. But yeah. What was on as well was the horse racing at... Cheltenham. Cheltenham. So when you went in there, there was priests of both dominations, by the way, yeah, yeah. Church of Ireland, and there were jockeys and traitors, And like, as, as much different. Guinness as you could get and, down I, your I, neck. Well, I don't like Guinness, thank God. But yeah.
0: And Jameson's.
1: And... <laughs> And I did that and, and there's another thing, I don't know what they do now, and I don't know what they can do. But I when I went to these embassy too, which by the way, not that easy to do because what happens you go there and you're, you're with a the police inspector and you, and you tend to talk to each other. Yeah. And I had to make a real effort to go and talk to people. So this is where I am. Yeah. Because I feel comfortable with your own. But I did that, and I give him my business card, because if you're the you're ambassador of Chile, this happened actually, you had a problem, nothing nothing to do with the embassies or anything like that. He had a problem, family problem, not serious, but it was a bit of a problem. Right. So he rings me, and I get on to you, the CID at Kensington, yep. and you go and deal with it, okay? Now, if he doesn't know me, he's going to put a report to the foreign secretary, He's going to send it to the Home Secretary. He's going to send it to the Commissioner. He's going to send it to me. Right. bangkok Paul, Pull. Get your ass down there. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. I... I... I did that a lot, and I thought it was important. I don't know whether it was or not, but I mean... But it
0: becomes, they become a merry-go-round, don't they? Because you see the same people, and actually, it is a great network. If people use that as part of their networking, it's a great networking point because you meet everyone from across the world, you know, you only have to look it's at... It's fantastic. The... Yeah, it is.
1: I went, I, went to the, I went to the Turkish embassy once where somebody thrown a stone through the window, and next door, we had a Trinidad Tobago. And a stone went through his window. So I went to see the ambassador. He'd been on Lancaster World War II. No. Oh, yes, he had. And uh, I always remember him. I explained what happened. He said, so in cricketing terms, he said, they were bowling wides, were they? (laughs) He did bless him. It's lovely, isn't it? Brilliant. Uh, Yeah. And I I also... I I organised curry evenings at the headquarters not well, very often, three or four times a year, invite all the policemen. Because you don't realise there are police officers posted to many embassies. Oh,
0: yeah, there are. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So they come, the only thing is, you're, you're an Aussie, you've got to bring some beer, all right? Yeah. You're a German, bring some wine. Yeah. That's all you do. Yeah. And think and about, it works. Oh, network, it's oh, fantastic. You, it's still, I mean... I hope the, the, oh, it does. It
0: mean. does, the foreign missions in, in London, I mean, they're still very tight and hopefully some of them will be listening to this because... There's some great people and great characters, and you know that they, they have a brilliant time whilst they're in London. Well,
1: it's, a, it's for an American embassy, which of course I dealt with a lot
0: in Grosvenor Square.
1: In Grosvenor Square, yeah. <laughs> you know, you meet some really good people. Oh, yeah, and it's they're, they're. I think they're number one posting,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I mean, I got involved there as well before I was a chief inspector, it was a Queen Mother's birthday. 1981, I think. And all the governors went to Leicester Square, so, and they put me in charge of this full demonstration outside the embassy. Dear God, it was Iranians trying to get in. Right. And I got back to the wall. You should never really be too near the front. bar back to the wall. <laughs> to the, because behind me, I know what's behind me. I'm not going to say it on air. I know I'm what's
0: behind, behind you, yeah, as well. They're, not, they're only going to get so
1: far. Well, no. So anyway... I'd uh, be arrested well over 50 none of them had an ID not a single ID them. so predestined yeah done. yeah okay in those days it must have been pre-placed because I got the job of presenting the cases right. with a solicitor from the art my job really was going to say don't let time play I've been charged boom, over you yeah. piece of the okay. and I did all of those and, and You know, I won't tell you the stories because I couldn't do it on air, but I got to know the barrister who represented all of those because he was, was, by chance, I'm having lunch in a pub near Highbury Corner and he bumped into me by by chance. And he he said to me, Mr. Eversham, I will not be underhand with you. I I really won't. And you know what? He wasn't. He's doing his job, isn't he? Yeah, of course he is. And... uh, it was a great experience, though. and I swear to God, some of those Iranians looked remarkably like English people, whatever that is. But they had no idea they went back to Iran.
0: Yeah, because we now we were now in the days of the Ayatollah, and um,
1: yes, because yes, well,
0: and the revolution, I suppose. Oh,
1: that's yes, we um,
0: Shah of Persia. Well, yeah,
1: Shah of Iran. Yeah.
0: yeah. Messy old business then.
1: They're fantastic. Listen, as a people, I I think they're great. Persian Empire didn't have blacks. No, and they're not Arab. They're not Arabic. They're they're Iranian. They're Persian.
0: I'm very proud of it.
1: Oh, why shouldn't they be? Yeah. And
0: were you were you in the job when the Iranian embassy
1: siege took place Yeah, I was.
0: Were you in the DPG then, or no, no, I wasn't.
1: I was on. I was West End Central, and I. Because I was human <coughs> trainer, whatever they call it, <laughs> they set train the training thing where they throw bricks at you and petrol bombs. How it.
0: very dare they?
1: Oh, and as the governor, you're, you've got to go 1st did haven't you? <laughs> anyway, we're down there, <laughs> and the um, and call came up to tell us about that. So, my lot from West End Central, we were not first there, but we the calls, cause court, because we're unarmed. Yeah, of course. And then it said, I should have done my bit. I thought, yeah. Uh, probably been Sunday I said so i go down there again they broke in again that's when they broke in and you think
0: Trevor Locke he was the PC no. though wasn't he,
1: he I tell you what he was fantastic of course he was but I'm not sure on reflection we should have used him as much as we did to give talks about his experience I'm not sure maybe it was helpful I think he still does it actually I don't know but I it's, it's but I, I remember it vividly watching it dear God you think see what I've been very lucky is I went as a Balcony Siege. I was a relieving inspector, relieving all the others. So when they came out, I was there again by chance. Yeah, same thing happened at that siege, the to your chance. So you're there. As I often say to people, the police are not part of things, but they're the closest to anybody else. They're mm. there on the outskirts, watching all yeah, absolutely. demonstrations. They're there. You know, the king coronation they're there. They're, you see things.
0: Whoa. Did you see were you actually could you actually line a sight of the Iranian embassy or were you within
1: I was I, I saw I saw all the smoke going made. Yeah. But of course you you don't see it exactly.
0: No, of course you don't. I've got a lot... we probably got better view on the television to be fair. Probably. I remember the, the, the actual embassy siege. Um
1: I uh I have been. Are you lucky or unlucky to be involved in those things? I don't know, mate. All I know is
0: time and place. I mean, and and the thing is, if you if you're that way inclined and you're involved in certain things, I I think that. Work follows busy people. If you oh, yeah, keep yourself busy, then you'll always be in the thick of it. But I do know that you were um, involved, and in, if you don't want to talk about it, I understand, but The Marchioness. Oh,
1: yeah, it was. yeah that was. That, that, I think, was the worst. I think that was the worst I've ever been to because yeah. I, I, I remember going to where she'd sunk with Tony Speed, and I remember saying to him, this is this is no like no crime scene I've ever seen. There's nothing to see. Nothing. To, it's all underwater. Yeah, it was awful. And he said something to me there. He said, "Alan, I want you to stay here until six a.m." It's about three o'clock in the morning, I think, Paul. I, I, I can't remember that. Because these policemen and who's people we try, and they've seen horrendous things, and they deserve a senior officer. It's going to be okay. Yeah, that's leadership, mate. I oh, know. And if I hadn't have been there, they wouldn't have had that, would they? You know what I mean?
0: So so, so talk me through that then, Anna. You're at home or you're... Well, I was at
1: home. You know, I was home. Phone went, sorry to bother you, sir. They always say sorry to bother <laughs> you. Anyway, and I went there because Suffolk was a riparian division. It, the River Thames was the boundary. Yeah. And it happened right on, on our side of the river. And it was wow. just... It did by Cannon Street Railway Bridge. It yeah. was there. So... I went to and I Did remember. Did you get taken there or were No, you... no, what happened is I went to my office because uniform, what, what you on? and I called the night duty CID, and that's how desperate I was. And you kind of called them in, and I remember saying to actually two DCs, I said, Whatever, I want you to go to the marchioness, to so the bow bells, the, the barge, yeah. <coughs> brat the captain. I said, I oh, know it's not legal. I mean, I, I I appreciate that. Isn't, that. Yeah, that yeah. But it's an indication whether you've been drinking or not. Yeah. And that's the end of that part of it. Uh, and, and then, but quite recently at the Tower of London, I bumped into one of those DCs. No way. Yeah. And he said, that's, you made no other decision. That was the best you made.
0: So you've directed them to go and breathalyze. Yeah. Yeah. I said, did the you do captain. it then? He
1: said, no. I said, what? He said, no, we <laughs> went to Limehouse, he said. But we didn't know where it was. So we called the night duty CIDF and Limehouse, and they did it for us. And it was negative. Right. But it's not legal. All
0: right, we no, that. no, but it's, it's an an indicator. indication.
1: And so, I think that was...
0: So you get your uniform
1: on. Yeah. Go go, go down to that office. Realise it's really big. It's got to be Scotland Yard, the control center. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I go there. There's three other chiefs and interns there, and then... Um, Tony Speed came in his, in his own car by the way Tony Speed's commander yeah no, no well, I think it was a DAC actually right uh, yeah and he came in his own car right in uniform uh, that impressed me I remember thinking yeah you know waking the chauffeur up I, mean, I went in my own car of course the and then he drove me there and I have enormous respect for him how do you, I there.
0: mean, how do you seal that off as a crime scene? I don't, you can't,
1: can you? No. And, he did, and the other, is it funny? It's not funny, There's nothing funny about it, but he says we come back at 6 a.m. to the yard. So I go to it at 6 o'clock. And at 5 past, Margaret Thatcher comes in. Really? With Dennis. And he's a break does the railway programs, Portillo. Michael Portillo, yeah. So I did the decent thing. I slid my six foot to as deep as I could in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> but her eyes came straight huh. to me. And they're very blue. Hey, what is your role? I said, I'm coordinating the search for survivors. Good, she says, survivors. I remember saying that. She knew. Yeah. We all knew. Was the survivors. And then uh, I, was, I was impressed with her because she... her God. And that was her. She came out. That's another thing. Leadership. Yeah, yeah. Three yeah. o'clock, four o'clock. In the morning, morning, so, She's there. Five o'clock, five, six o'clock. Maybe she's there. She should do. No, no question. Did about it. you?
0: Were you involved in it after that, or was that your?
1: No, the the, the, the Yeah, well.
0: I suppose once once it's become a crime scene, you've then got your divers. You've then got to recover the vehicle. You've got to the, the public as well. Yeah,
1: the, the corpus. I was helped by. City of London Police, just the other side of the river. Bless their hearts. Yeah, they came. The chief of the I knew he said, he rang me. Alan, uh, what can I do? I said, Well, I can read. he said about twenty PC City Police. I always like City Police because they're always six foot. They always were over six foot. Yeah, and they look imposing. And he
0: used to be able to swim as well. So <laughs> uh, That was part of the the, the the. You could join if you could swim because you had the Thames to look after.
1: Well, I remember when I went to training school, and I couldn't believe as a cadet, as a forty p cadet set, about at least a dozen couldn't swim. No, because I was taught to swim at the primary school in a cold water right open air pool. I just thought everybody was. Yeah, I, I honestly did.
0: Yeah, I know it's funny, isn't it? Isn't it?
1: It's extraordinary. Yeah, but the marchioness was the one. That I... you couldn't enjoy anything about that, mate. No, you, you, you,
0: you really no. Don't. There's a lot of high profile. You know, there's still a lot of talk about it. The you know, the, the the removed hands and there was all, yeah, the all sorts of things that went on. All right, all right. Um, but no, it's quite. And so you, you you come through to 94?
1: Yeah, retired.
0: 34 years, that included your cadet service? No, I did
1: two years. 36 if you include that. Really? Yeah. And then oh. what am we going to do? Well, I didn't want to do security. No. I've done it. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to be free, and I love history, so I trained with be a tourist guide, blue badge tourist guide, and that's what I've done ever since. Driver guide in first, and now just walks them too old, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And you're good at it. I like it. You I'm are good, good at it. it. I've, I've I've experienced your tours. Well, you... I think I'm above average. That's what you I mean. are above average, above but
0: average. you know you Jack the Rippers and things oh, yeah. like that. Absolutely brilliant, and of course your involvement at the Tower of London.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's look, Plus, again, it doesn't feel like work, mate. No. It really doesn't I'm, feel like
0: work. I'm there tonight. I, I mean, it's. Yeah, um, I know. Well, bless your heart. It, it's, like, it's a lovely place. Oh it's, oh, it's. You can't, honestly, you cannot quantify. No, you can't. If, if, bear in mind what we do up there and our, how our freedom in there, if you like, for want of a better word, because of our, our friendships with the beef eaters yeah. and the authorities there, um, it's second to none. Oh, it, honestly, I, I I feel privileged oh. when I go in there. It's it is just it's such a place. And when you walk through the street at the end of the night, and you've had a couple of beers or whatever, and you're walking down the streets where every king and queen oh, of England have been since 1066, plus all the people that have lost their lives. Oh it, yeah, it's yeah. just a different. You know, the craze have been kept there. It was the bank, you know, where they made the money. It was if. People don't realise, but had it not been for the fact that they moved to Greenwich, it would have been Tower Meantime, it would have been Greenwich Meantime. It was all those
1: different things. Oh, Greenwich Time, I love because, well, no, I can't say it on air. I'll tell you I think. That. Yeah, that's fine. But Greenwich, it was, you, do you know the, content, the contest as it was for GMT was Greenwich or Paris? Is that right? Mm. I didn't realise that. So it was GMT or PMT. And went, <laughs> what? And they went to GMT. GMT. <laughs> and, uh, and that's because of the Royal Connections, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Observatory. I mean, it yeah. It's a good decision. Royal Observatory. Did you know they still drop that ball at one o'clock as the ship goes? At one o'clock. So I did Yeah. It's daft, isn't it, now? do. <laughs> no. Yeah, but... It's, so you're coming up, you're saying that, oh, God, it's one o'clock, sort of thing. Well,
0: I think but you've... you've I mean, you're tour guiding, it's, you've met some thoroughly interesting people. Um,
1: <laughs> well... We have because somehow got involved in, in the Secret Service at the American Embassy and driving presidents when they came over because I do it with Gary. Yeah, but Gary does the VIPs. I I like to be in the backup car because, frankly, the VIPs not much fun compared with with the support staff. Only because he's. He or she's saving the world. Seriously, they're thinking of their next speech, aren't they? Yeah, of course. Whereas Secret service are fun.
0: They are fun. Yeah, they are. They fun. are fun. And they get out. and They do their job. Don't they? Yeah, they do, and they do a great job. And we, you know, we've got some really good friends. Oh, that have I, done think
1: it. That I, I think I think. No, but you've I, met Clinton. I met Bill Clinton. Do you know what he does? No, I won't say that. But what he's very good. He was in a. He was in his private jet going back to the states. I think it was Luton Airport. I've been standing, I really can't remember now. And he gets in there, and I'm with another driver, and we're ready to go. And six years would you like your photograph taken with the president? And the said, Well, he He'll come. And he came out, and he made me and this guy I feel with you. The... People say that about him, it's true. He's, he makes you feel the most important guy. Yeah, of you're of the only one. And I said to the six years ago, he likes people. Well, clearly, he does, he said. But the thing is, if if you like people like he does, he likes to be liked. Mm. Very shrewd observation. It's, it's true. Yeah, he is. Like absolutely. That. So, yeah, Jimmy Carter.
0: Is uh, he still going, Jimmy Carter? He was. He's late 90s now.
1: Well, they loved, they loved him the Secret Service because he turned up, he said, I'll be at nine o'clock, he'll be there. And Bill Clinton wasn't quite like that. Be like that. And uh, yeah. yeah, he, he was a bit more unreliable. And it's, I think to myself, I was a Group C automatics.
0: I oh, know, and, and now big, you're driving presidents around. <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, I know. that
1: It's the, fun. Yeah, it is But you fun. have to do it. You know, you have to in the backup car, not let anybody get in between you. Yeah. That, that's your, and it's not that easy sometimes. No. But I, I liked it. But my best one, it was a guy who used to take, he, he used to be, it wasn't in the police, it was a Geordie. I think he was one of the best drivers I've ever come across. He used to be at the back because he had the, the, the sort of, Paperwork's not the right word these days, but you know what I mean? A, yeah. Yeah, And when we were on convoy, he would come up alongside you got around roundabout, get across there and let you through. And just bring uh best things. We went to uh, it was a it was a National Trust place about 40 miles from Oxford when Bill Mr. Clinton went there. And he was stand there. And um, we're driving through this countryside, pouring rain. Oh dear God! What am I doing this for, Mike? It's ridiculous. And when we get there, <sighs> uh, they laid on food for us for us and the secret service, and it consisted of quiches and, and salads and all lovely, lovely food, healthy. This doctor, I said, don't He said, go through that village about ten miles back. I saw a fish and chips off. I said, I don't believe you. You couldn't have done it. He, he, he sort of did it. I said, how could you? I said, we are going at 50 miles an hour. It was pouring with rain. I'm telling you. So I said, get some money from me and he you and the other tribe. I know he's probably about 15 quid. I can't remember fish and chips. Secret. service, they, they, They're a bit envious because they're <laughs> we oh, Brilliant. fish chips. And I got those memories, nothing to do with the job, really, are no. they? No. But they're, they're.
0: But they can't be taken away, are they?
1: Oh, no. It's. And, and the Secret Service, I won't hear a word said against them. If you want to see Secret Service at work, watch. Um, it's a film with Shirley MacLaine and Nicholas Cage. I forgot what it's called, quite low budget. Mm-hmm. And she was the president's wife, and he died in office. Right. And Cage is the head of the Secret Service. And his career is going nowhere, is it? He wants to get away, and she don't want him to go. She's a cantankerous so 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 so. <laughs> if you watch it, it's the most realistic thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you know when the Secret Service guys in the backup car going, and, go and they got all the music yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> that's that's what it's like. Yeah, I don't want to give it away, but no, I'll watch that. I'll watch it. I forget what it's cool. Now Shirley MacLaine, it's was fairly low budget, but so. There's a, a lovely scene there where she gets kidnapped and he rescues her, you know. And,
0: you're, you're...
1: and this is the woman, yeah? Yeah. What does what she say when he finally he gets there Says saves her? You know what I'm going to say. What kept you? Yeah, what kept you? It's What wonderful. kept you so long? It's wonderful. And because it. you know she's got a real soft spot for him. You You know that? Yeah, You know. No, I don't mean romantically. She she, she liked tried, him. Yeah, she yeah. liked him. <laughs> and he liked her, really. got catch. What? <laughs> and I thought, that's very sexist to me, isn't it? But. Yeah, no, I get it. it. You know, it was it was good to see. And it's a very good film about what it's really like. I mean, The Bodyguard's good. But Picked in Life as a Bodyguard? This one, yeah. in my opinion, is
0: it's, it's yeah, perfect. and they're, they're good guys and girls, and they they work hard at what they do. Especially when the president comes to town. I remember oh, when Obama God, yeah. was here, and they were on the go all the time. You know, there was no sleep then. And of course, your other love is Winston Churchill. You're you're, yeah. you're, a, you're a massive Winston Churchill. Well,
1: fan. I was at his funeral. Yeah, I suppose you were. Yeah, I was um, on his
0: funeral
1: and January 1965. Um, 65. I, was it February or November? I, I, it was very cold and wet. I was night duty, so I didn't really see much. But I was was amazed. You're there quite near the Abbey as they're coming over Lambeth Bridge. It's not as big as the Queen's funeral, okay? No,
0: no, of course. But it was
1: huge. (laughs) But it was a
0: state funeral for a a commoner. Yeah,
1: it was huge.
0: First time since um, Nelson, I think. Nelson or Wellington? Wasn't it Wellington?
1: Wellington or Nelson, or both, maybe. Don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's it's an honour, and it was.
0: Because yes. the Queen attended, which was an unusual.
1: It was. He was. Well, I don't care what you say. And now they say. Now they do things with statue and all that sort of thing. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? Well, that's it, our history. I know it's our history,
0: and we can't we can't cancel everything that's gone on in, well, in life.
1: Well, you know, I I I think as well. If you're, you're very liberal, you tend to apologise for past sins, And actually, what you're saying is. You must suffer for your father's the sins of your father, and that don't work no: not, not really. No, of course no it nobody doesn't. thinks my, my grandsons don't think they should suffer because of me, and it's, it's just not exactly' doesn't work no exactly. And he was a, a great man, wasn't he? he was, yeah, he was. A, great, a great man. I mean, I go to Chartwell. I used to go to Chartwell. Have you ever been there?
0: I've never ever been there.
1: It's a lovely country house. it's not a palace paintings are there, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a big <laughs> goldfish pond there. And there's a seat there, which is a replica of what he used to be. And you can see great man to feed his goldfish. And I always think to myself, I go, do you know what? And a voice would say, Winston, time for lunch. <laughs> see, <laughs> And he would say, I'm trying to save the world here. He said, do you want your lunch or not? <laughs> because his wife would want <laughs> no. lunch. And any decent, any central man would do what? Go for lunch?
0: Yeah. Not him.
1: And, there they are. Golfish. Still. still. And they still have a... Is it a marmalade cat? Do they call a marmalade cat? I can't remember. Gingery thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still got one because he had one. So they, every time one dies, get another one because he had one. And yeah, yeah no, not, what, a, what a bloke. It's not grand. Do you know, there was a book by Simon... Not Simon Jenkins. No, Jenkins. Roy Jenkins. Roy Jenkins. Roy Jenkins yeah. Who was... His opponent for years. In yeah, yeah. He wrote a biography of him about 20 years ago. When he wrote, when I started it, I thought I'm not. I don't like this man. Yeah. And I finished up admiring him because, listen, words still matter. If you an orator, you can get people. There's yes, no absolutely. What did he say? I read his biography. And he said it was captured by the boars. He said. And I escaped, but I had no uniform, and they recaptured me because I had no uniform. They could have shot me. I'm rather glad they didn't. <laughs> I mean, who would think like that? It's fantastic, isn't it? The only yeah. politicians I know that's got that charisma is a certain Boris Johnson. Yeah, but he lies, so he's out.
0: Yeah, he's he's silly, isn't he? Because he just he, he would have been. If he hadn't lied, he'd have been the, the Prime Minister for the
1: people. No, I don't think so, mate. I think they were going to get him anyway. Do you think so? Yeah, oh, I'm absolutely sure. Look, look at the way they're treating him now. I don't want to get political, but...
0: He's charging a quarter of a million quid a throw for for speeches. Of course though.
1: he is. Have you not said... You know, when he was Mayor of London, he used to cycle through the parks and that. And my daughter said he was invariably saying, any policeman, good morning, good afternoon. Oh, I know.
0: I met him at Parliament. What a bloke. He came up was with um, a friend of mine, Rob Scott. And um, Rob introduced me. This is my friend Paul. He was, a, you know, governor in Essex Police. And it was just after the referendum. Oh, yeah. And he stood and spoke.
1: So he was lovely. Yeah. Oh. One of the other gates of Downing Street, Tom, this lovely story about, he came in with his bicycle. Now, you know there was an incident with an MP there. Oh, yeah. But this Boris had come up with a pedestrian. And he said, do you mind if I take my bicycle in? They said, no, of course not. And he goes, I'm just going to see... Whoever the chance to we'll see if I can get you a pay rise, chaps. It's nonsense, <laughs> yeah. But do, do we it, like that? It's it engaging, of course, it is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, I, know, I think he had something, I think they would have brought him down anywhere personally,
0: yeah. I, I think he'd have done it by his own hand at some point. Though.
1: Oh, I'll never have gone and get him, yeah. You see,
0: and of course, your other one is Lewis Carroll. I mean, you your favourite, your favorite quotes come from Lewis Carroll.
1: Well, do you know what? I'm, I'm living in this age, and I know that what I disagree with is yeah, Lewis Carroll. And Lewis Carroll well, he if you if you despair about if you do despair about the age you're in, this is Lewis Carroll. I think it was a Mad Hatter who said to her, um, "The truth is what I say is no more, no less." And then the king later on said to her, "Might be the queen." um it's sentence first trial second yeah and, Louis, and she said stuff and nonsense and went through the rabbit hole which i take to mean the truth will out yeah but if you don't recognize those two things going on now and oh. they are yeah absolutely. social media or something and, and that's why I, I think about boris what they're doing is well-meaning but it don't sit right with me it shouldn't sit right with anyone it shouldn't sit right if you're a far left because they've got a committee of seven people, I think. Five have spoken out publicly against him. They changed the rules from lying to unintentionally lying. And you think, what's the value of that? Because when they find him guilty, which they must do, what value is that in it? Honestly. Because anybody looking at it and that's McCarthyism, if you remember him. Yeah. It's kangaroo court. That's the which is the Salem again. That's what that is. Yeah. I don't, so I don't understand it, boy. I don't understand why they would do that.
0: No, it should, everyone, everyone's entitled to fair trial, fair hearing. Of course and, they are. And, and, we know that, don't we? Well,
1: look, I did complaints in the police and, 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 I, and I've been on discipline boards with people. And I'll tell you that honestly if at the end of it they feel they've had it fair. It's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Because if they feel it's unfair, where do they go back to? Their workforce say, dear God. And they all think, dear God. Yeah. And you have to be seen to be fair. Yeah. Don't look for the car that's not been booked out. That's not part of the complaint. And and, and there's a danger of doing that, but
0: but now on. it's yeah, absolutely. And, and
1: they, I'm not I will I will not criticize because I don't want to be like the critic. Who doesn't count? It's the, it, They're in the arena. I'm not.
0: I'm not. Yeah, exactly okay. right. <laughs> Happy days, mate. Sometimes
1: I think. Yeah, but, but you no, know, let's sure. let's have da- let's have a chief constable Dorney Lemon again. That's who we want from. That's Kent. who we want. Yeah. What was his name? Dorney. Dorney Lemon. <laughs> Dorney Lemon. Isn't that what? He died in the last ten years. Over ninety. Wasn't really? It? So I met someone in the tower one night. And he told me he's still alive. He also told me he went to see. a... Ex detective, forget where it rank, in 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 Essex, this this guy, and he said, as I was leaving, he was spry old boy. T J F, Sarge.
0: T J F. Don't you dare! Don't say a word. No, I'm not going to. Well, on that note, we we'll um... go. Is there anything else you'd like to add? or correct
1: No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think uh, I, I trust you to uh, edit it accordingly. So,
0: mate, I'm not. There's not a lot I need to edit. So,
1: I don't want to be embarrassed, by it. it was, You're not. It was a lovely. It was a, a
0: look. I hope you enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed
1: the experience. I, I, I even enjoyed this. I enjoyed the police because I knew nothing about it, and yet it turned out to be something I was quite good at. Good at. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know that. Except being a detective, I wasn't. Big, I wasn't a good detective.
0: It wasn't made for everyone.
1: No, I wasn't very good at that. And I, I, I know I wasn't. It makes me. <laughs> I, I can smile at it because, it was, especially the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And that, and that happened. And, and the area car. Well, I've, I've told you about my post to the area car. My, yeah. my last story. Have I told you about where well, I got posted with about six months' service? and night duty and I go going for tea and a pc come up to me my number was 220 this was three thirty, and he said make the most of it you're scottish he said you are not be on tomorrow night. I said, what is that? he said you're a probationer, you shouldn't be on it they made a mistake i said well i'm sorry about that." so i went out to the car get in and i sent the driver who his name was chippy carpenter they all were chippy yeah he'd been he remembered patrick casper the club I mean, he'd been blown out of a lancaster and rescued from the north sea really and he's driving this thing he wasn't five foot eight paul he had a cushion to sit on baby blown out of a lancaster oh my lord so i tell him this story he said he looked at me and said well son i'll tell you now no complaints from me he said you answer that radio i'll drive us if there's any writing to do you do the writing i'll help you with the report there's was in the arrest to do. You go to court in the morning, I go home to bed, and i see you at 10 o'clock the following night. That's it. Instant hero, isn't he? Yeah. And we stayed on for three weeks. And last night, three o'clock in the morning, we're at the top of Albany Street, and it's a long street that goes down to a junction with Euston Road and Maribyrne Road, a huge long street with a one-way street at the end. So said, I often wondered if I can get 100 out of <laughs> I don't know if we did because I Jesus. Like, we go down there and we don't make it. We, have to, we finish up in the middle of the junction. And I remember thinking then, I think now, this guy had been blown out of a Lancaster. And yet, like most men, he hadn't quite grown up, had he? No. It's lovely, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is lovely. Good man,
1: he was. Good man. He taught me how to write reports as well.
0: Fantastic.
1: A good man. And, and you asked me earlier about the bell. We really had one bell. Well, the front, I forget, it was left or right now. I can't remember now. And you rang that thing. To be honest, it was easier to get out, wind the window down and get out and scream abuse to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Because nobody could hear it. You remember that? They were...
0: <laughs> Halcyon days, mate.
1: Well, I, I, there was other things wrong. I mean, I think one thing that was wrong definitely was, putting us on the beach great, but telling us, Id- idling and gossiping is a different offence. I still can't quite work that out no. because you, you don't. You talk to people, and the rest falls into well, place. Well, you do. You do, and it will become. What's your name, officer? Paul, you say, and then he calls you Paul. And you call him Fred. Yeah, And, and because
0: next it, time you see him, you're Fred and Paul. Well, he'll give
1: yeah. you information because he's not giving information to the police. He's giving information to Paul,
0: yeah, exactly, but
1: that's how human beings rationalize yeah, things but like they've,
0: that. they've they've made it but too maybe complicated.
1: maybe they maybe that's maybe maybe and I'm not criticizing, maybe they're so short of numbers they've got to prioritize I don't know.
0: I think that I think that the the informant stuff is around they're concerned about the corruption element and people getting into bed with them, basically, but well
1: yes well, <laughs> look that uh, you know. Yeah, okay. I, got- I, I served with a guy once who was a detective sergeant in front, uh, in charge of what we called the DIP squad at Oxford Street. Yeah. And he got sent back to uniform because one of his DCs met someone on bail.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And he comes to me as a station sergeant. Drive around the pad there. He said, I don't want to be here, you know. I said, I don't want you either. And he explained it. And it, it was great. He finished up the uniform, chief said, I asked him to go back to see him, and he said, No, you, you kicked me out. I did nothing wrong. He finished up, with of said, and he was good. By the way, he was a great footballer as well, which helped.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. he really he was
1: a good footballer. And God's sake, uh, see what I worry about, and sport wise, do you know the Met police have got not or one players that are actually policemen? They've got what? They've only got naught or maybe one PC player for the rest of the civilians. Really? Of course. Well, think about it. If you um, if you maybe get sent off, are you bringing in the police into district? Yeah. Right, okay, fine. Happened to me once, a state assignment. But in those days, you, you, the F.A. said to the mad police, you do the discipline. So I go on this discipline board. So I got sent off for his other PC. Please, not guilty. For that reason, Commander said, striking at junior officer. Now, I thought he was joking, and he might be probably. Was. Anyway, Stuart comes, my witness, and he's Now I got out and play the game. We'd rather lose a good game. And then this guy on the air said, Mr. Giblin, he said, didn't you play for Met He said, sir, I did great on the play for 104 times. This guy said, yeah, I'm a referee, and I sent you off for striking an opponent against Hampton Town. No. And then the other bloke said, that's it? And I said, And <laughs> I sent this to you 104 times. I mean, it's twice, he said. And what a chance in them both being right." But it's different days, because guess what the board did? They laughed. Yeah, of course. My star witness, that has gone. <laughs> And I I have the That was it. And I, I, I'm pretty certain the boss was joking, actually. Yeah, but, but no, he wouldn't. But you're right. He wouldn't be. So why would you play?
0: Yeah. Why would you put your? Put no, your you wouldn't. So play a, well, you play for an? Well,
1: you won't play. You won't play for representation. I played for the Met a couple of times. I wouldn't do it now.
0: No, because you don't get thanked for it.
1: Well, it could lead your career in jeopardy. Mm. Yeah, definitely so I'd rather play for someone else and nobody says anything you're anonymous we are anonymous who knows that's it that's my career
0: mate it's been an
1: absolute pleasure I tell you what you know you're a Seattle officer because you're lying through your teeth I can tell I can tell no I absolutely
0: mean (laughs) it I'm grateful for you driving up here that's right Um, thank you very much for your time absolute pleasure mate and I will make sure that we're you know we'll see each other very soon